The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, Thomas. Yes. Are you Thomas? I, this is we're going to go formal. Yeah. Why not? Tra- <laughs> Thomas, here we go. Yes. Tom, Tom, what's your middle name? I'm not saying that on a podcast. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Tom, are you ready? Yes. Uh, Travis, you ready? That's not my name. This do podcast, you have a middle Joel. name? Do you do they? <laughs> yes. Why? Why wouldn't I have a middle name? I don't know. I just. Do you have Mc, a middle name? McLovin. Yeah, All right. What, what's Big. your middle name? <laughs> it's, it's Robert. That's why it's Joel oh. Bob. Everything's Joel Bob. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Okay. Big, Joel, Joel Bob. Big Papa. Are you ready? Thank you, Joel Bob. No. All right. All right. <laughs> Starting strong. Here we go. We. We're three guys who like the John Pinball, so we came up with a clever name. We're Joel and Travis down with John Pinball, and we call ourselves Triple Drain, Triple Drain, Triple Drain. We're Triple, Triple Drain. Triple Drain. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, you know, to be honest, we, we actually play that. We don't insert the song afterwards. We actually play it and listen to it, and it's kind of a good, I don't know, kind of a pump-up it, I don't know. It kind of wakes Our the intro is feel legit. inside yeah. is the best <laughs> intro in all of pinball podcasting. All the tingles. Yep. And probably all of podcasting, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, so, Travis, I see you're drinking a Mountain Dew. So you're just, you're ready nope. to go. No green not tea Travis. tonight. You already screwed it up, Joel Bob. Oh, big. I'm not going with, I'm not calling you Big Papa all night. <laughs> well, you nearly did it again. So. Yeah. I appeased you once. So. <laughs> Big Papa, you're drinking uh, a you're drinking tr- a Mountain Dew. I'll try um, to get Monica to call me that later tonight. We'll oh see what Lord. happens. Yeah, sh- no. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Tom, what are you drinking? Water. I'm drinking ice cold water. <laughs> ice cold water. Okay, so yeah, we're we're pumped. We're we're all amped up, ready to go. Um, tonight should be a good time. It's and sorry for the delay. Normally we try to get one out. I don't know every two three weeks. We were waiting on a reveal. We were wait. We were hoping Stern may have d- dropped something and. We kind of held out hope. We're like, ah, you know, if we do it now, they're going to reveal something in a few days and then we're going to look like idiots. So we waited and waited and waited. And we're like, all right, well, apparently it's not happening. And and I don't know, Travis. I mean, Travis, he works for a dis- distributor now. If he only we had somebody that <laughs> yeah. worked in the pinball industry. If yeah. only. And, and you're like, dude, I know nothing. I know nothing. All I can do is look at the schedule. And if I look at the schedule... The openings are not right now, so it's probably going to be a little while. It's like, okay, well. Do you think by the end of 2022 we'll hear something? Yes, I definitely think we will have another, we'll have at least one Stern game between now and the, at the end of the year. Let's hope. Do you think we'll have another Jersey Jack game? Um, well, that's a good point. Uh, there was a video of, it was some, I don't, I can't credit the video. I don't know who it was, but it was some it was guy. That WGN, inter- wasn't it? Oh, it was like a news. Yeah, it was like a news yeah. site, and they they actually interviewed. Um, they went to Jersey Jack and did some this, some stuff, and at, right at the end, Jack made a comment of, "Hey, you should come back in a few months, and we'll show you some stuff." So something's happening in a few months, but I don't know. End of the year would be pretty ambitious for them. I mean, two in one year would be kind of crazy. Do you think American pinball will? Um, I think there's a chance yeah i mean they've they've been hinting at a new game for a while um but you know there's there's been delays or not delays like this cactus canyon's taking a long time but it would be great if they had something to show at at um at expo come october 
Go do ahead, you think Spooky Pinball is going to come out with something before the end of the year? Well, obviously today, and we're going to talk about it later today. Oh, they yeah, came there out. you go. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, Perfect. Travis, I got the transitions. I can handle it. It's not even in our notes. <laughs> it is in our notes. You're just late, and okay. so you, right, you can't right. see the let's notes. Just, let's just go ahead and just get into this. We're not even five minutes in. Oh, I come man. in here, and you two yo-yos are talking like we all know what's happening, yeah. and all I have is email. That's because that's all I have. <laughs> the pre-production meeting where we type out all of, I don't know, seven words happens at nine o'clock when we start. So when you come rolling in at nine ten, you know, you just the get people to ride the that bus need now. to know no. The people hey. that need to know. Yes. Try, they pop us fashionably late. It, 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 I, it's fine. Tom and I have this taken care of. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Well, so you were saying, do I think spooky? I don't know. Um, they have they have plans of making what is it like? 250 TNAs. So, and I think, do you, have they said how many, it's like 40 a week or at least, at least that's how they got. I could have, I could have swore I read is either an email or a post somewhere that said that it's a six month that they're looking at to make the 250, but they could possibly make it inside of six months. I thought that's what I read. Well, there's less than six months before the end of the year. So that, that's kind of, I don't know. It depends on how many, how many actually end up selling. So maybe, maybe would be an answer. Um, but um, I mean, they did pretty well today. They reached over 100, right? And we were talking about it that as long as they get to 100 to us, that's a success. So, Tom, I know you can look at the list of topics and you can see that TNA is near the bottom of the list. But it's very clear that Travis wants to talk right. about TNA right you now. You know what? If it's you okay. guys would put so. that on here, <laughs> we're talking like we lead off talking about what games we think are going to come out. And there is one manufacturer and one company today that released a game today. Okay. Hey, I thought Tom, that's where you guys were taking it. I mean, my, technically, my technically, it was released a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> We'll right. talk about it. Okay, so right. TNA. the remastered no, we'll version of TNA came out. We'll just today. roll right into go. TNA. So uh, for for us to dive into TNA, it means before I need to we, skip before over. Before we do, Joel, and I'll stop interrupting <laughs> you. I just want to be clear, Scott Denisi. I know you're out there listening. I'm the one that wanted to talk about TNA up front, not no, Joel I'm, Bob, not Thomas. Okay, me, me, Papa. <laughs> I wanted to talk about TNA at the beginning. I didn't even need show no. notes to start talking about it. Uh, All right, uh-huh, go ahead, uh-huh. Joel Bob. I'll be quiet so now. we'll just, you know, fly through the intro of, uh, you know, in my head, the, the plan for the intro was to thank you for the snuggie or the comfy because my wife wears it all the time. You don't but, even know what I gave you. You're thanking me for something you don't know, I'm right. not the one wearing it. We literally, it stays in the theater room down <laughs> oh, no here. My shit. wife You're wears not the one it re- all the oh, time. Sorry. I forgot. My yeah. fault. Try again. There we go. Thank you. Okay. That's, that's at least, wearing the, effort, it. Okay. At least yeah. the effort was there. I'm trying. Yes. All right. So thank you for that. But we'll, we'll roll right by intro. So here we go. TNA. TNA. Um, fantastic game. I am an owner of TNA. I've owned it twice. I owned it. It was my only game for a little while. I played the heck out of it. I thought to myself, this game's great. My friends and family was an awesome group game. We loved playing it. But in my mind, I was like, if I only can have one game, maybe I need a game with more depth or more options or code to explore. So I sold it, kind of sold slash traded it for a Hobbit. So I went in a completely different direction. And it wasn't two weeks after I made that trade that I was like, I made a mistake. I, and it's not that I didn't like Hobbit. I just, what I realized is my favorite way to play pinball is with people. And TNA is absolutely the best game I've ever had to play with people. It is so much fun to play between co-op mode. It's easy to explain. The music is easy for anybody to get into. It's just an amazing group game. So in the back of my mind, I was like, someday I've got to get that game back. And luckily, 
I made some trades happen and, and down the road, I actually had an opportunity to get that exact TNA back. So I've been a TNA owner for like three or more years. I'm, I'm a huge fan of TNA. So when I heard that they were re-releasing TNA, some people were like, well, well, maybe that'll devalue your game. I don't care. I have no intention of selling this game. To me, I'm glad there are now more people in the world that will, be, that will have a chance to have a TNA. That's my personal opinion of TNA. Tom, you've had TNA. You've owned TNA. So what 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 are your overall opinions of the game? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it was it was fun. Like you said, it's a good uh good good for co-op. You know, I that's enjoyable. Uh it's also a good competition game. Yeah. And if you did you Black stealing's awesome. Yeah. Did you ever have a chance to beat it? Like did you ever get through all nine reactors? No, I think I got up to like six or seven. Nice. And then I gave up and I'm like, I'm selling this game. <laughs> there are definitely people that like can roll it consistently. And it's just like, not roll it, but they just, what's cool is when you destroy reactor nine, it ends. Like the game dies, the flippers, everything it's over. Make and there are some games people that can harder people. Jeez. Yeah. There are some people that can just, just do it all, all over the place. Um, t- Travis, is this, this has never been in your collection, right? Have you ever owned a TNA? I nearly did a couple of years ago. I nearly bought Carl's. I don't know if he even realized it was me talking to him, but Carl, it was a few years ago. <laughs> well, and what are your thoughts? I mean, I really enjoy the game. I mean, yeah. it, it's a game that I wish was in my collection and I was semi tempted to get one now, but I mean, it's just not in the cards for me now. Cause I'm literally out of room. I don't even have, cause you have gate. toy story. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> obviously. So yeah. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any room more in my bank account or in my yeah. basement anymore. So, but no, I, I personally think it's a fun game. I enjoy playing it. I enjoy playing it on location. As long as it's working, I mean, that's the one thing that I notice that some of the NAs have a hard time with is sometimes the targets resetting and sometimes the flippers getting a little bit weak. But I think really, in all reality, is because it probably gets a lot of play in certain areas, depending on where it's at. So, but I enjoy the game overall. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about my personal TNA is it was routed twice at two different locations. So the guy originally bought it from, I got it from a bar and that was because me and a buddy, he had come from out of town. We went there as a pin bar. He's not a pinball guy, but we played all the machines that were there, an amazing collection. And the one game he wanted to play more than once was TNA. And it's because of co-op mode, being able to walk through and do it together. And that really opened my eyes of like, I may need to own this game. So I had a chance to buy that one. Then the guy I sold it to actually routed games. So he routed out a bowling alley and he sold it back to me because it wasn't doing well. So at the place, at the bar where it was like a pin pin location, they did league, they did different tournaments. TNA got a lot of play, but at a bowling alley, he's like, it, get, it, it gets no play. Nobody and knows what it that, is. That's understandable too, since it's not a licensed game, you know, yeah. but I would say that it's probably one of the top games in recent memory that, really blends in just the immersive environment for the game. And that's entirely based off sound yep. and the light show alone at the same time going off. I really like how those two things gel together and create those quote unquote pinball moments when you're destroying a reactor. So, I mean, and plus the music kicks up and then there's different types of music with the soundtrack. I mean, for me, that's really what draws me in combined with the fast gameplay. I think those things really gel very well together. A hundred percent. I actually stream this. So I, I stream every Wednesday night on the pinball network. And last night you can see the stream on YouTube. I actually stream this game and every time I stream it, I, I like fall in love with it again. And it's just because of that overall immersion, the sound it's like adrenaline, you know, like 
pumping. It's so simple. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to over strategize. You just have to play safe, be smart with your shots. It's fair, but yet, yeah, destroying reactors is such a gratifying feeling. And um, I love streaming it because I do direct audio capture and like people even in the chat are like, man, this music's great. Or man, this music's addicting, which is a huge compliment to Scott Denisi. I mean, he, he designed the game. He designed all the rules, all the code, all the light shows, all the music. He did all of it. And it's just, I, I love the game, but it's a weird thing. Like, because I've been like a huge promoter of this game for a long time. So when I heard they're doing another run in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have a three-year-old routed TNA. This is arguably maybe my favorite game. Would I consider upgrading? Would I consider buying a brand new one? Especially when they heard that when you hear that they're adding little things and it's not, they're not adding, there's nothing new in the game that I don't have. So like lit drop targets. He the original drop targets were solid black. The the he later on made a mod where you could put in a clear drop target and then he actually coded in extra lighting like patterns so you'd have to get additional LEDs wire them into your game. So like I already added that. I and then the um the shoot again or the ball save timer, he designed a different one with Rick and Morty that had two extra lights. So he coded that into TNA so you could swap that out. So there's just a few little things, a few little mods that I've already added to this game, and those now come standard with this re-release. So the more that I heard about this re-release, the more that I'm like, okay, is it really going to be that much different than the game I own? And the 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 end is no, it's not, because I've already done all those upgrades. But I still in my head was like, depending on the cost, I might still upgrade. I might still sell my game if I lose a thousand bucks and wait and buy a brand new one just because I love this game. And then they revealed the price, the, the price of, of 9,000. It was 8,995. It's basically 9,000 plus tax plus shipping. So depending on where you're at, um, I'm not a shipping expert, but I'm guessing that's anywhere from like, maybe Travis knows more than I do, but like two to 500 bucks, maybe more, maybe less. So if you're at 9,000, now you're at 9,500 plus tax. I mean, you're looking at like a $10,000 game and that to be honest, blew me away. Like I was not expecting that. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts when, when the price came out, I don't know. What, what did you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think when it first came out, it was about six grand. So three, $3,000 difference. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's different time though. So I guess inflation and all that. But it just, yeah, to me, it just seems high. I think I, I sold mine for a little, uh, I think I sold mine for about 7000 Yeah. And um, right now, well, what's funny is, so this game, the announcement, right? This is what Spooky does. You're, they want you to be part of the fan club, and then they kind of announce or they tease the game. We, they already knew. We already knew TNA was coming out. We just didn't know when. So it's not like there was a mystery of what's the game going to be, what's it going to look like. They skipped all that. The last two releases, they've shown pictures of the underside of the play field, which is kind of cool. They skipped all that. But it was like a random Facebook post or a random post, I think it was on Monday, that said, Monday or Tuesday, that said, hey, TNA 2.0 is coming out. <laughs> We're Games go on sale September 1st. Hope, hope you're a fan of the fan club. So it's all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, we have like two days, two or three days to become a member and prepare for this. There was no build. It was just like, here it is. It's happening right now. And um, so what's funny is there, there's a guy that actually watches me stream a decent bit. 
he reached out to me on Facebook and was like, I know you love TNA. I love TNA, but I don't own one. Just what are your thoughts of owning it? And his biggest worry was build quality, which I thought was funny because I, I actually haven't had any issues with my game. No, like nothing that I couldn't fix on my own. And, and another credit to Scott Denisi, if you, if you own a TNA and you have any issue, hardware or software, all you have to do is post on the TNA forum on Pinside and like Scott Denisi will answer the question. So he is like the best support person I've ever had. It kind of reminds me of Dennis Creasel recently on the pinball show made a comment on one of my streams and Keith Elwin happened to be watching it. And Keith Elwin, the designer of Godzilla reached out to, to, to Dennis directly and said, send me a video. And then Keith fixed the problem. It's like, that's unheard of that a game designer is ready. Like George Gomez kind of browses uh, stern pinball enthusiasts that, and sometimes he steps in. So I just think that's huge when, when designers take like pride in their games, but Scott will, Scott will be there for you if you, if you own a TNA. So I, I kind of talked to him about that. And, um, what is weird though is the day it was announced that they're making a 2.0 version. I'm part of an arcade group here in Indiana. And in that Facebook group, there was a guy that posted his TNA for sale. And he just said, here's my fully modded out TNA. Feel free to buy it now and save yourself a little money instead of buying the re the re-release. And he had it so he had it posted at a little less than eight thousand hmm. dollars. So that is a and he had like all the mods in it. So it's like, well, what do you want? Do you want a slightly used one or used one at a little less than eight? Or do you want a brand new one at 10? Did he end up selling that pretty quick? Well, that's what's funny is it was posted. A day later is when I had this conversation mm -hmm. with the guy that watches me stream. And I just said, hey, where, do you, where are you located? Turns out he's in Indiana, which I thought was crazy. So I said, hey, I'm going to hook you up with this guy. If you want to get one brand new, go for it. Get in line Thursday morning. Hope you get one. But if you want to save a little bit of money, reach out to this guy and pick his brain. And he did. He ended up so like I arranged that. So sorry, Scott, I, you probably missed out on a little bit of commission. But I like that. It's a weird to me that it, it was a two. It's basically a two thousand dollar difference between a fully modded out used one and a brand new one. So if people are ready to pull the trigger at eight grand. I don't know. It's just reading the forums and stuff in people had a, people had a number in their mind, right? Like I'm in, if it's 7,500 bucks, I don't know. What did you guys have a number when it was announced? Like if well, I had to guess it should I, be. So X. I knew it was well, coming, but like, I didn't hear no of the announcement until I heard it from you guys. Honestly. Oh yeah. I just haven't been paying so, attention. Here's the reality. <laughs> The, the harsh reality that a lot of people don't realize, it seems, just based off the feedback I'm seeing on Pinside and some of the conversations I've had already. There's original TNAs right now going for between $8,500 and $9,500 prior to this 2.0. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize that. So when they see the $8,995, right? That's a yeah. brand new game. We're talking about second or third owners of this game. And that's the prices that people are paying right now. And all that people really think, like for whatever reason, people think that it's still going for between 7,000 and 7,500. I've, I've heard that. Right. Some people say that. And I've heard some people say, well, around 8,000. Yeah. Some of them do go for around 8,000, but I know for a fact that some of them have gone for right at nine. And we're talking about used games and we're talking about games. And this is with the butter cabinet though. This, it, Plain as day, it is with the butter cabinet. So, the one right now that's listed, it's eighty nine ninety five. It doesn't come with the butter cabinet, but it still has a lot of other extras with it, like shaker kit. What is it? A um, the black powder coat 
Yeah. I think that they powder coat the coin door box powder now. Coat, and speaker I think, light kit. I think for them that that's like a 250 upgrade yeah. or something like that, according to their store. And I mean, they have what the, the custom laser cut side rails and I forget what else there is to it. But I mean, that being said, it doesn't surprise me that the price is where it's at. I think that just being able to have $2,000 of a non-refundable deposit up front, I mean, you're going to infuse 200 plus thousand dollars of positive cash flow yeah. into your business. And I mean, that's, that's a good thing yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, it, it just, the price doesn't surprise me based off what I know that these games are going for third party market. So I, I don't know what it says on pin side. I'd so be I curious to see up. the estimated value on pin side right now is 5830 up to 6,770. So I think some people in their head are thinking like I, and, but pin side, that's all sales. So it, it's, it's, so it's ignoring look, COVID and whatnot because over COVID it was crazy high. Let's go ahead and just look through it the past month or the past. We'll, we'll just say the past four months. It, it would not shock me at all. Or even this year, this year total, it would not shock me at all. If you see some that went for 8,500 plus and well, people I know- just don't realize it. I know over COVID, like that was a conversation I remember having at Expo last year. You know, we're at Expo, we're still wearing masks. The cost of everything was skyrocketed. And I remember thinking like, I think I could sell my TNA right now for like over nine grand or 10 grand, you know? And so if by the time TNA 2.0 comes out, like there's no way it's going to be a $10,000 pin. Like if there's a way that I could sell this not have it for a year and buy a brand new one for a thousand dollars less or something like that sounds like a steal. And I decided not to, I'm glad I did. Um, because that's not how it worked. Did you pull that up, Travis? Or yeah, I'm actually. So I'm looking at it right now. Yep. And I mean, there's one that's listed. I'm not going to list the names, but there's one back in March that was listed as sold at nine thousand. Okay. So there's one right there. There's another one, of course, that was listed at ten thousand, not sold. Let's see, seventy three hundred. That one was sold. The seventy five hundred OBO that was sold. 8,000. Do you think that people have this mentality where, I mean, a lot of new unbox games, because if it's a highly, you know, a high, like a pin that's in demand. So a Deadpool, a Godzilla, something that you can't find, those are going over new inbox prices. So maybe people have a mentality of like new inbox should actually be cheaper than what the the sale market is because you're going to have to wait or you can't buy it right now. I, I don't know, but it, there was threads. I mean, I was looking at threads and people were like, I sold games for this. I bought a spooky membership. I've been waiting for this for months. If it was 75, you know, I was in. If it was 8,000, I was probably in. But once they posted at 9,000, like, I can't, I'm out. And to see how many people were like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I, it really surprised me. I was, I, it's one of those like, well, why is that? And what's funny is the main comparison they always come back to, and I have to give Dennis Creasel a shout out because he's the first person I heard that did it. But I feel like industry-wide, everything is now compared to a Godzilla premium. So people in their head, a Godzilla, what's, a, what's a new Godzilla premium? Is it nine grand, basically? It's supposed to be MSRP, but the reality is, is that they're going for way more than that. I mean, it's just that, that game, a premium Godzilla is basically identical to an LE anything else. I mean, just for the sheer gameplay. Yeah. Uh, alone i mean it it just in all reality it is but everything is compared to that so they're like well if you're going to spend nine thousand dollars you could have a premium godzilla i mean people were doing the same thing with toy story why would you spend twelve thousand dollars on a toy story 
when you can spend $9,000 on a Godzilla premium. I mean, that goes back to, and we've talked about this too, Joel, off the podcast, that I think Tom saw this quote that I sent you guys, and it's the value quote, right? Yeah. It's when value exceeds price, buyers will give you money. And that's the thing. You know, any of these companies that are running their business, it boils down to the utility of the end consumer. It doesn't matter if somebody's on a keyboard, you know, typing on a on a message board, just saying, hey, I'm not going to buy this. All that matters is, is the person that does want to buy it. And there's 250 available at, yeah. at, fr at first. So there's, of course, there's going to be somebody out there that wants to buy it. I mean, the pinball community, and I keep telling people this, it's a lot bigger than what people realize. It's so much bigger than just pin side or just content that people see. I mean, there's just... Just like uh, today, for instance, we had somebody that came in to look at a Led, Ze Led Zeppelin premium, right? Yep. 60 plus years old. It's their very first game. Yeah. You know, there's people entering the, the industry all the time or entering the hobby all the time. And as soon as they enter the hobby, every single theme, every single game is brand new to them because it's the first time they've seen it. You know, yeah. it's just a lot of us were just so far in the weeds that we can't see through it, you know, or so, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's just the reality of it. When you're dealing with something like this, I mean, yeah, there might be 10 people that says, Oh, you know, I don't want this game, but then there's going to be that one person that does want it. Yep. You know, I mean the same thing we've, we kind of all discovered that when we talked about multimorphic and P3 a few months ago or last year, mm -hmm. there was a lot of people that came out and said, Hey, we really like this product. Here's why we enjoy it. And at the end of the day, that's really what matters for each individual business. You don't have to hit a home run for the entire industry. All you got to do is hit a home run for the people that support you. And that's what Spooky's done very well. That's why they've been able to sell out the games that they've sold out up until this point. The people that are fans of the company are fans of the company and they're willing to yeah. buy what comes out. But this is, don't you think, this is, this is weird though, because most of those fans of Spooky probably already own or have owned TNA. So and unless that, yeah. you're brand that's new what we were Spooky talking about fan. Before. Yep. But, and then you also talked about theme. You know, people that are new to pinball, they come in with these themes in their head, whether they love certain rock bands or certain movies. TNA's unlicensed. So my view of TNA is it, it's been out long enough that the 550 that were originally made have ended up basically in collector's hands now that love the game. Like not many of them go up for sale because they've moved around enough that they're now kind of finally with people that don't want to get rid of them. Just keep in mind though, based off what you said a little bit earlier, when you got rid of the game and then you're like, wait, I want it back. Yeah. There's probably more people out there than what we realize that have done the same thing and haven't been able to get the game back. And here's their chance. It's their well, second chance to get a new inbox game. But if Tom's saying he sold his for in the six thousand dollar range or something, I don't remember whatever 7, you said, 000. close to seven. So seven thousand dollar range. If you're at seven, like, okay, here's my chance to get it back. Well, it's like, well, do you want to get it back for three grand more? Like, uh at that point, it goes back to the quote. <laughs> no, when value, no it's the answer to him. When yeah. value exceeds it, yeah. that's when people will buy it. That's the reality of business. Well, it is September 1st that we're recording this. And this morning we made a comment. We said, do you think this game will be sold out before we record at nine o'clock at night? And I think we all said no. And then what was surprising was Spooky Luke on Pinball or on Pinside posted, we sold over a hundred in the first two minutes. It was either two minutes or four minutes. Mm -hmm. So 
there were clearly people lined up, but it's but that's where that's the last announcement I've seen. So as far as I know, it's not sold out. I would have guessed there would have been another announcement of like we've hit 150 or we've hit 200 or there's only 50 left. Nothing, none of that. So it seems like I just added one to my cart. So as of right now, what like 8:40 at night Central Time, not sold you can out. Still buy but, one. but it's okay. Fine. It's yeah. okay. Like every game doesn't need to be a sellout for it to be a good thing for the company or a success for the company. Yeah, I think, I mean, I still think, you know, Scott Denise should be, should be very proud of this game. I mean, even selling a hundred within two minutes, there's clearly a demand. There were people, there's 550 happy people on this planet that already own the game. And it looks like there was a hundred more that were lined up waiting and wanting it. So that's awesome. But it is, I mean, this is something new for spooky. Their last two releases, they've had everything sold out within the day. So, you know, they're back to like, okay, let's see, let's wait and see. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, I know my personal feelings of TNA and it's been interesting reading the forums because everybody's comparing it to other games. They're like, there's no ramps, there's no mechs, there's no this. And it's like, these are the same arguments people have been making with TNA for years. It really just comes down to, have you played it and does it connect with you? Because if it does, like, this is one of my favorite games and I understand it doesn't have ramps or huge max or anything but all the other I, things hits me perfectly i have a solution for yep. all the listeners out there that have that complaint about tna if you want a game that has ramps go play a game that has ramps yeah yeah like yep. that's an that's an easy fix right it is and then if you want to play a game without ramps guess what you do then tom you play what? tna <laughs> you play tna Thank hey. you, Joe Bob. there <laughs> you what go a, what about beetles well yeah it's, well, yeah. Okay. Any any game. We'll we'll just go quote unquote any street level game like so, hoops or something like that. Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters, what's, but not Paragon. F that game. What's Never Paragon. <laughs> what's interesting <laughs> is of all the games that I've owned, the game there there were two games that actually got a lot of play, and it was Taxi, and then before that was Eight Ball Deluxe. So there is an appeal to older games for for novice players because they're they're a lot easier to understand. It's not so much going on. So that's why I love TNA because in my collection, I feel like I, I lean towards modern, modern games, but yet I still feel like TNA brings kind of an older vibe to my collection without it actually being a really old game. It's, it's simple. It's got all the features of an older game with the, the layout and whatnot and the ease of rules, but yet in ridiculous light show, awesome music, all the, all the modern, you know, appeal to, to that type I, I of thought game. for sure you're about to go it's retro i thought you <laughs> no, were going down no. that no which it's weird to me because because of how much i love tna it's really made me wonder like would i love fathom you know people love the fathom layout fathom what, has been what do you mean would you love that have you never played fathom before i have played no i've never had a chance to play a fathom <gasps> well, oh my they're God. super expensive and they're wow. none of the bars around me have them so being You've that never i've never played a fathom i've never had a chance to play a fathom Ever. but the fact that Marty now has in there's a there's an old school layout, Thomas, but it's can you believe we podcast with this guy? <laughs> He's never yeah, even played I've Fathom. Barely okay, passed the Joel, David Fix sure test there's of five games years. I hey, haven't played yet. <laughs> hey, how many flippers does Fathom have, Joel? Uh, three. Okay, 
we got that one right at least. Yeah. I had to think I mean, about it for a second, though. I saw well, the eyes. I was, the eyes I was like, three popped in my head, and I'm like, I'm going to say this with confidence, so I actually maybe get some credit, or I'm going to look real dumb. So, so, you, so mean, I, you mean Thomas and I could have been like, no, it's not why, three, why you and you would have believed me it? Thomas? I like that you're still calling him Thomas, yeah. <laughs> it's out of, I'm gonna, I should call you Mr. Grapp, just uh, out of respect. <laughs> oh, God. No, you call Elwin Mr. Elwin. Okay, okay, okay. No, uh, <laughs> Fathom, but to me, it's like when I actually saw the... the when Haggis did their re- like their stream of it, it's like, wow, look at that light show. Look at the music that Marty's put into this. This is an older game with with really cool modern features. And um, it makes me wonder, like, maybe that would be a game that I'd really get into. I don't know. I need to try one. I need to play it. But uh, it's a decent. Do you guys have anything else um, to say about TNA? No, I think I still want a TNA. Get one. Yeah. Yeah. You I've know? got a lot to say about TNA, but, you know, we're we're good. I'm good on this. I think I've done talking. I assume you're not talking about the game. No, I am talking about the game. Oh. I love the game. What do you think I'm talking about? TNA, man. You know, you'll have to. Oh, like actual TNA? Yeah. Oh. Feel free to. No, I wasn't, but now you got me thinking about that now. We can talk about that too if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, great game. Wonderful game. Like I said, I streamed it the other night. Check it out on Pinball Network on YouTube if you want to see somebody that's way too excited. I love playing that game. And it's easy for me to explain it because I literally explain how to play it with all my friends and family when they come over. We play co-op. It's an amazing game. So if you're on the if you're on the edge or whatever, I I love the game. I love the game, and I'm I'm excited I, that there are more people that are going to have a chance to own it. Now I was talking about sound package, and that's going to lead me to our next topic, which I did type in. Maybe you've seen it, but I want to talk about Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four. I know we've talked about this multiple times over the last few episodes. But I will tell you, Toy Story 4 is gone. I don't have it anymore. Zach picked it up. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> Travis found a sound clip. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was me. me. Oh, you said what though first. So I thought you were putting, well done. Good acting there. I like though. how you just yeah. announced it too. <laughs> because it he said me. first, he seemed genuinely surprised at that, that noise. So oh, Toy Story Tom. 4. Tom's the sneaky one here. <laughs> so. Yes. Zach reaches out to me. This is Zach at Flipping Out. He let me borrow the game to stream it. And he reached out to me on Monday and said, hey, I actually am heading up your way. I need to pick up that game tomorrow. I was like, okay, no worries. I had streamed the game the week before. And the week before, I was two shots away from qualifying all seven seven tasks. Two Hmm. shots away. And all I had left was the Bo Peep loops. The Bo Peep loops, we've talked about this before. There are two ways to qualify Bo Peep loops. One is you have to hit the upper loop three times in a row, three consecutive shots. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know if it's just Easy. my game. It's not. That's the problem is. I, Easy, Joel. My game, I think the entire time I owned it, I may have had like three opportunities to do that. And that's just because my first shot would hit clean. My second shot, I could hit it, but always the second shot, it would just die. It would die and roll into the pops. You're, you're right. No it's totally the game's shot. fault. It was so. What? What? Oh, I, you cut out there. Oh, I did. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's just I was just I was just blaming it on the game, and I it, guess I'm the, you, the pinball it, gods got mad at me. Hey, so Carl D'Angelo, the one, the only, he had the same issue with his t- with his uh, Toy Story. 
Oh, he yeah. Said, I could really tell he had the same issue with 500 million points. He really he, had a he had a really difficult time. Okay, you reach out to Carl. He said, he goes, I almost removed the upper gate up there because it was slowing the ball down so much. So I do think, I, I am super curious to try another Toy Story to see if it has that issue. But that's one way to qualify Bo Peep Loops. The other way to qualify it is you have to use the wheel. The wheel is a random reward, and you can qualify Super Loops. So you basically, to 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 spin the wheel, you have to hit the captive ball and it'll spin it. It'll land on reward. If you don't like the reward, you have to hit the captive ball again or hit the upper loop. You keep doing it until super loops is lit. Then you have to hit the upper loop without hitting the captive ball to qualify super loops. Once you've done all that, you have to then hit the upper loop 13 more times. <laughs> so that was essentially the That's only way loops. I could do it. What? That's a lot of loops. 13 times, 13 more times. So, it, but you've already probably hit it at least two or three other times just trying to get to the, you, you have to hit it once to qualify it and then just trying to get to it. And so, with all that said, I was two shots away. I had two bow peep loops left. And then all I would have had to do is hit the scoop and I would have been in the wizard mode. So, when, when Zach told me Monday, I was like, all right, tonight, I have one night. I have one night to hit this wizard mode. If I don't get this wizard mode, Tom and Travis are going to give me so much crap. Like <laughs> when we first talked about Toy Story, Mr. Travis over here, he beat the, he got to that wizard mode on his fourth play, his fourth game. And I remember making a comment of guys, do you think I'll get to the wizard mode? And Tom very quickly said, no, <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, no, it was a joke. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, the joke <laughs> hit deep. Okay. Cause in my, <laughs> in my mind, I'm, I'm just like, in Joel's head. You're I'm, never going to do this. Joel. I'm like in my mind, I am going to prove him wrong. I am going to show them that I can get to this wizard mode. So I came downstairs Monday night at 10 o'clock. Joel legitimately so you had like one the of game, those. You did it well, like two times. And no, well, he, he had, he had like a live to win montage. I you did. guys remember that South Park episode, <laughs> make love, not Warcraft. Yeah. I had, I played it's that game for, for almost two and a half hours. And the problem is because I could not do three consecutive loops. You guys know I'm good with the upper flipper. Like I, I've, I've, I, I it's, I'm, I want to blame. I, I truly think it was the game, but. I got, did you got, put your did you put your metal flippers on there? No. Did that help you? <laughs> no. So I played Baby's that game for almost two and a half flippers. hours, and it was just it was a grind. And that's that was my issue. Is before that night, I really was enjoying Toy Story. I I, I think mm-hmm. the game shoots well. I think it's fun. I think it's accessible. The Duke Kaboom jump ramp is is enjoyable every single time you hit it. There are parts of that game that I really, really enjoyed. But over the few weeks that I've been streaming it, there were multiple times that I got six out of seven things like qualified. It was always Bo Peep Loops. It was always that one was the one that was being the gatekeeper. And I know Travis had made a comment. He thought Forky was going to be my gate, my gatekeeper. And Forky is, is a three-shot combo. And, and an I, a-hole. I, I really <laughs> never had issues with Forky. Like That is a fun achievement. I really, the pressure's on of like, I hit it, I hit it, you know, and it's rampant. It's like, I better hit no. this scoop. Bam. And when you no. hit that scoop, there's, I love there's it. There's no pressure saving that damn thing, Joel. No <laughs> <Forky>. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel, Joel, before you keep going, yeah, yeah. I, I got a good question for you because it just popped in my head because we're talking about loops. So I'm going to put you on the spot here because you also had a rush. Yep. And you had a toy story. Yeah. Which one has the better upper loop shot? Oh, um, I could hit 
I could hit the the Toy Story loop way more consistently. Which one had the better shot? I that's the thing. I would say better is probably Toy Story, just because I could hit it. I can hit the upper loop when I want to hit it. I just can't rip them multiple times in a row. I am so proud of him, Tom. Why? It, because it I didn't only, fence it. He made it the only decision. Took, yeah, it only took him 20 seconds that <laughs> <Yeah>. time. My, <laughs> he, he was trying to skate around it, but we got back to the question. No, my issue with the with the rush upper flipper is because there's multiple things you can hit with it. So it's like trying to oh, time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a huge that's issue. A bad thing. It, no, it's, it makes it. It's way harder. It's way it's harder. Like, that's than. why he loved the Led Zeppelin Pro. Can somebody Pro find Joel just, a hobbit? Can <laughs> yeah no so like Toy Story it's a mini flipper and there's one shot you can do with it so it's really easy right. to like dial it in because you only have one it's just one right. thing but Rush it's like oh am I hitting this and it's like oh I hit it too early so I hit the inner loop instead of the ramp or this you know it's like you guys know what I'm saying I know you but no we Tom do you have that problem you hit the shot too early and you completely miss the ramp on Rush of course what it happens Tom's a top fifty player. When I'm, do you two get that excited <laughs> that you like completely airmail the ramp and you hit the you actually hit the upper loop? Hey, apparently, you know, Travis, it's just unheard of to you that that pinball's hard for shots. some people. <laughs> yeah, people brick shots. It's a thing. Yeah, well, no, you could brick shots, but that's what I'm saying. Like, usually, if I miss the side ramp, I'm bricking it. Like, I've never like airmailed it to where I've accidentally hit the upper loop aiming for the side ramp. I'm just trying to think if of that geometry. Early, on if rush. it's going, if it's just timing, if you're too quick. I don't know. There's two, like I, I have that on turtles. You can do the crane ramp or the crane loop or the center ramp. And it's like, I wasn't aware, but now I am. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you could get too excited. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a little bit, wait a little bit. Like See, the crane loop. You sound like Tommy boy with its precious little pet. You just get way too excited. And you just <laughs> I do. Kill it. Yeah. I don't have, I can't play cool common collective like you, Travis. Hey, but, it's okay. I brick shots too. I mean, it, yeah. it happened. I was just trying to figure out how you two yo-yos were getting <laughs> so far ahead of the side ramp on Rush. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting so way well, off. So, okay, so Toy Story, friends and family just, yes. love it. And I guess apparently you got to the wizard mode finally. I did. Right? I, that's what I'm saying is I okay, I actually perfect. really, I know you, you've expressed your opinion and, and it's very clear that this game is not made for like top tier players. I'm it's luckily I'm not in that tier. Fun. I'm not still in that be tier. Fun. It could, but are you still having fun with the game? I haven't played it in so a no. <laughs> week or four weeks, but yeah. I mean, it's still in my game room. My family still wants exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah. You know. All right. So is, your, is your family still playing it? It's it's set there for a couple <laughs> of weeks so far. I thought about dusting off the glass. It's still there. Yeah. All right. It's st- I've still spoken with my money or Monica's money, but it's still there. there. So, I mean, well, you know, toy- that's fair. Toy Story. I mean, the code was there. Like, Tom, when was the last time you played uh, Paragon behind Tom you? Tom has like 80 games. Uh, I actually, I played it recently. Yeah. Got him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed me. Yeah. So Toy Story, like every time I streamed it, I was okay. Like I was kind of excited to stream it because the wizard mode, I felt like it was right there. It was achievable. There are enjoyable parts of the game. I know I've enjoyed this game more than the two of you until Monday night, until Monday night, it got to the point where I was like, for me to achieve this wizard mode, I have to qualify Bo Peep's loops early. What? He hate played Toy Story. I did. I got, I got. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated on that Monday night because it was just it, in my mind. I was like, I have to hit this loop so many times. I've got to qualify this as soon as possible. So it's like plunge for the skill shot, hit it, 
cradle up, hit the cap to ball, keep hitting it until it's lit, hit my upper flipper. And in my mind, I was like, I've got to do that in ball one. If I don't do that in ball one, I got to reset. So I like tried to play for an hour straight normal. And then I was like, no, this is what I'm doing. And it was just reset after reset after reset and just hitting that loop over and over and over again. The sound of that loop is a bell. It's just a little, it's like, it's like somebody at an old antique shop opening the, the door air, in the little air piercing sounds of toy So for like, it's over like two hours straight. All I heard is <laughs> connect, like clarinet. You've you got have a friend your in headphones me. On? Yes, I do. I play with headphones on so I can hear the game. And I was Why so just muted because I, there's call outs in the game. But all I'm hearing what is you've you got a friend in me. For? You so I can beat the game. You... I need to know what to hit. Like, hit this, what? do this. You can't just look at the game there, and just say, hey, this is There are actual lit? people, Joe, that play in tournaments and wear headphones and listen to music. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, and they don't you, listen to the game. You could have done that, Joel. Should have, but guess what? I beat it, so I don't care. I'm just telling you, I got so frustrated that I was like, "This." Everybody's explained this game is super easy. You know, it's an eight year old girl that was in the marketing campaign. Why can't it's just like, oh, I I, I beat the whole game twice on my seventh play. I'm Did down here grinding, when you grinding on this game, just trying desperately to beat this game. And I, I mean, I'm so glad I did. It just, it happened. But I will say I was to me, though, now that it's done, it's like, OK, it's a fun game. I would step up to it and have a good time. And I understand why other people would have a good time. But I have no interest in trying to get to that wizard mode again. I do not want to grind through those loops again. So if Joe like Joe Katz changes the code in some way or I play another Toy Story where that upper looper, I can hit it consistently because Zach Mini said he had the same issue. Carl D'Angelo on his game had the same issue. It's just to me, it was a huge roadblock. That made it, it, it was a grind. It was an absolute grind to, to finally get to that wizard mode. So what do you think would be the answer for the loops? Because we talked about this before. Like, what, what do you think would make it easier for somebody, for a casual player, right? Yeah. Or for an average player to feel like it's not a grind so, to get that? Because since the three loops, I, I will attest, three loops is hard sure. to get in a row. So... What, what 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 would be the answer to, in or my the solution? Mind, what pisses me off is how many times I have to hit the loop that and it doesn't. They're surprised that I said pissed off. Wow, so, he really yeah. did. Wow. Hate I was playlist. so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest guy in yeah. pinballs, like I was pissed off. Oh, I was He's so peep loops. I was so frustrated. I cough and drop at, the game afterwards. <laughs> I was so frustrated at how many times I hit the upper loop and it's not worth anything. It doesn't like there were times that I qualified super spinners. You just before, played a JJP game. Like the scoring yeah, is all low. But, but I'm hitting it and I'm like, <laughs> I have to hit this shot 13 more times and I've already hit it five times this game. That's a and lot. it's worth it's Why worth 13? nothing. That's such an well, unlucky it's 14. number. Like the 14th is the one that qualifies it to start super. Is loop. it 15 total? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen 14 or on this play. Maybe I'm an idiot and I just don't, but it's, it is at least 13. So, but what sucks is you have to hit the loop at least once to qualify it, but there's a good chance you're going to be spinning the, the wheel just to get to super loops. So it just annoyed me how many times I hit, I would hit it before I'd even qualify it. And all of those were for nothing. So, so in my mind, what would be the solution? The solution is, Give me a number of just like, don't, don't require that you qualify super loops, say 20 loops in a game. But if you qualify super loops, every time you hit the loop, now it's worth double, you know, like give me that thing where it makes my life easier, 
but let all the loops count. So, so if there's any manufacturers listening right now, you need to bring Joel in because people are getting <laughs> pissed off and you need him to solve these problems. Yeah. Just yeah. bringing Joel in to hate play no, test well, hey, game. If, if, if they're going to market... Or hate if, test play your game. If they're going to market this game to a, a novice slash intermediate player, then maybe they should ask me what, what the code... Like, these guys are too good for this. They may think that's more achievable. It did annoy me. You said that your friend, like, mistakenly got to the wizard mode. So he must have... <laughs> he must have... Hit three super loops. I'm like, oh, okay. He mistakenly grinded away at 14 <laughs> upper shots. Just randomly happened. Like, yeah, right. No, he must have hit three in a row. I There's no way. Yeah, it was, it was definitely three in a row. Yeah, and Ray Day in our Discord chat's like, I'm pretty sure every time I've qualified, it's because I hit it three in a row. And it's like, well, give me your freaking game. Because my game, show up here and hit three in a row. I, the tough part is, with that many loops, let's say you can't get three in a row. The tough part is, is that every time you hit that captive ball, you're basically screwing yourself over. Yeah. And the other tough part is, is you basically have to brute force your way to that many loops and you have to survive it too. I mean, yeah. the, the moment you flub it, it goes out of control. The ball goes horizontal. You're going to be in a little bit of danger yeah. right there. And that's probably the most danger that you're going to be in on that game as well. So yeah, I, I think, I think a proper solution to this would probably be putting loops somewhere around eight and then maybe having those the super loops or whatever it's called be double yeah like you said i i would like to see something like that just because if you do hit the captive ball it it does alter things a lot and you gotta have you gotta be pretty precise with your shots as well to that woody spinner into that saucer and the so, feed yeah. to the upper flipper so well, that's another thing to load that flipper you only have three options you either plunge into it so you can plunge into it if you do a caravan lock on the left like that's what i found is as soon as i would qualify it I would hit a caravan lock on the mm -hmm. on the left. So you're to thinking then plunge. like a competitive player. Good job. Yeah, because yeah, if not, if not, you're you're trying to hit this hit the woody spinner, which is right next to the captain ball. And if you miss that shot even by a little bit, you just hit the captain ball and spun the spinner, and there it goes super loops. So I would always go for that. Otherwise, you can you can hit the cap that scoop, the woody spinner. So I've heard that woody sound way too much, like so many times. And then it's like a wooden like Oh God. And then, or subject us to it. Also the Thank last, <laughs> the last option is you, you go up into the pops and there's four pops on this game. And what do they do? They just, the ball just sits there. So in my two and a half hours of play, I think I stood there for 20 minutes watching the ball in the pops and the pops are going to do one of two things. It's either going to spit it out to the right, which is good. It feeds my upper flipper or it spits it into the buzz saucer on the left sits there and spits it back out in the pops and then it'll spit it back into the buzz saucer or it doesn't do that and it comes straight down the middle it's just it was so annoying like joel, it, i was so annoyed joel you shit yeah. on halloween and now yep. you're on toy story 4 nobody can tell me that who bought a toy story that they're like you know what i love about that game i love that there's four pops I love it. And I love <laughs> like, or I love, I, there's that, that, that section of it. Like I, I, to be honest, a lot of the, I really do enjoy the, the layout of the game. Like it is fun to shoot. It is very fun to shoot except for the pot, like the pops, except I just, for the spinner and the captive ball and the pops and no, the saucer, the, and the, the loops, upper loops. I, the if, loops. if they change the code, if they, if they did what we said, 20 loops, or super loops or counters double, I would have no chance issue. they're going to do the what left we're saying. Ramp I know is great. Great. 
the left ramp you hit a lot, but the left ramp the ramp's butter. The right, the, yeah, yeah like, the right like the orbit. That that's essentially the right ramp. Like every other shot, I was never upset. It's like okay, let me hit it. Let me hit it. Those are fun. I can combo these. Boom, boom, boom. But the buzz, like up there in the pops, of just send a ball into the pops and wait and see what it does. Just I I can't stand it. So what did your family think about the game though? In their limited time with it, what did they? think overall all my family either my family was young enough that they just liked that it was toy story and all they want to do is look at the monitor so they don't care at all what the layout is or they what all i had to show was the duke kaboom jump i would just say the balls like hit the left ramp the ball is going to roll through and in in, these in lanes that that's going to come up and you're going to have one chance and they i had both two of my sister-in-laws kept playing the game until they hit it that was enough for them to want like that was a mech that they wanted to experience. And, and I can see what what happened after they hit it. Uh, one play kept going because they okay. hit it once and they're like, I want to do it. I want to see if I can do it again. Okay, so we're 50% at least. At least half yeah. of your sample size wanted to keep playing. So, yeah. Well, I would just That's say, good. I mean, if if you have a bigger collection or if money's not an issue or if you want a game that your grandkids are going to like, like, they will like this game. This is a fun game for many novice players. It just what frustrates me. Sounds is like the, it, Joel. what what frustrates me is within the first few weeks and travis you were one of the most vocal people was it's just like in the first few weeks of owning this game people are like this game's really easy this game's really easy and now that it just that's been grinding in my head of like this game's not really easy (laughs) this game is not like a layup like some people think it is but like you said you were getting to six out of the seven tasks You were just getting hung up on one thing. And it's probably one of those things that once you bust it through, you'd probably find yourself getting through that a lot more often in the future. I, I'm pretty sure that's most likely what would have happened with probably. You. Or but I if, will yeah. I will say though, based off with people I've been talking to that do have this game on location, it is absolutely destroying. Yeah. On location. I will yeah. say that. But of course it needs to because of the price point. That's a yeah. lot of a lot of coin drop to make back, but it is doing very well on location. Yeah. Well, I get it. And that's just my kind of final thought. I mean, I was, I was curious if travel Travis, if now that you've had it, if you have any change or Tom, you've, you've played one, right? I mean, you've, but yeah. uh, do you have any opinion of it at this point? It's fine. I mean, uh, it's, it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to go play, but if it's around, I'll, I'll certainly go play it. Well, I've been a huge supporter of wearing headphones when you play. Like, listen to this. I will t- don't. <laughs> Just don't. You don't need headphones for this game. And I don't feel bad saying that because I'm not insulting anybody at JJP. They hired some outside audio company to do the audio package on this game. So it's just, it's not, it just. It's, what's what's yeah. the first thing I told you? As soon as I got the game, I said, wait till you play Tiki Multiball. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, that sound I don't understand what's going on. It's just I, I, I just I got to where I just turned the game completely on mute just to play through it. But I mean I will say overall mm-hmm. overall I, I would say that the game is decent fun. I think if I was at a location, I wouldn't mind playing it if I didn't own it. It's I mean, the shots are very accessible. So if you're newer to pinball or you want something that is fairly easy to get through besides the loops that make you want to commit murder like you know joel bob here <laughs> but you know overall i think it's it's a decently fun pen yeah i i think but 
Facing facts, though, if this was anything but Toy Story, I got a feeling a lot of people wouldn't be giving it the benefit of the doubt. I think the theme carries it. Yes. A lot of the time, even though it happens to be Toy Story 4, I think still a lot of us just old farts still remember what Toy Story was when we were younger. So, I mean, there is a little bit of nostalgia there also, but... I, I mean, for a Pat Lawler pen, I don't know or I don't think that this is going to be one of his top five pens. Like, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's I think it's firmly out of the top five of Pat Lawler pens. And that's not saying that it's bad. It's just he has some really good pens. No, he, this, he's got some yeah. bangers. It's yeah. just, you know, I mean, this pen is what it is. And I think a large part of it is, too, is because of the giant iPad. That is there as well. I mean, it cuts off. I mean, we've seen what it looks like without everything on there and unpopulated play field. I mean, it's just it's a big gap right there and not saying that other games don't have that. It's just, you know, I mean, just like you pointed out earlier, the side loop, there's one shot with that pretty much. I mean, you could technically argue too if you get something slow and you hit it off the captive ball. But realistically, it's going to be one shot. So, I mean, it's it's a decently fun pen for what it is. And. The iPad I mean, that's, is that's where it ends. The iPad is super helpful because it that's one thing I think JJP does very well is with their additional, their secondary screen. They they're at least in their last few games, those screens do a really great job of communicating what to do. And that's what I loved about the iPad. Whenever in doubt, you just look at it, it's gonna tell you what to hit or what shots you have. But yeah, that iPad, if you take that off, I mean it's it takes a similar amount of real estate as like the upper the entire upper play field that's in GNR, you know, and there's there's like a ball lock up that it'll shoot. It'll really, I mean, it's just, but it's just a screen. So I don't know. It's it, to me, if I see a toy story on location, I will absolutely put a dollar in it. The first thing I'm going to do is try to go for the Bo Peep loop. And if I can hit like, if it's smooth, then I will probably keep putting money in that game because I, I would look at it and be like, I'm going to blow this game up. Like now I'm gonna, you're going to hate play on location too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just depends. Like in my mind though, it's like, I'm, I have a chance. Like I know this game, I have a chance that I could put up a big score on this game, but so what you're saying is this game is actually like a real life carnival game where you think you actually have a chance. There we go. And you're going to keep feeding it money. Well, oh, that's another go. that now that you mention it though, I, I would have to say you spend so much of the game doing carnival modes that the majority of what you hear is just carnival music. Mm-hmm. And it just, it truly kind of feels more just like a carnival game that just happens to have you've got a friend in me playing when you when you're not yeah. in a carnival mode um well, so and that's the tough part too i think a lot of people that are into toy story don't necessarily associate the carnival at toy story 4 as being yeah. the entire thing so yeah i mean well, there's no you're not yeah we all brained about brainstormed about toy story it's not like Hey, this mode is escape from Andy's room or escape Sid's backyard or catch up with the with the moving van. You know, it's not like you're doing events. You're doing yeah. carnival rides. You know, it's just yeah. different carnival rides over and, and over and over again. It's tough so, too because there's a lot of iconic scenes yeah. throughout the whole entire Toy Story saga. So yeah, it's it, I mean, it is what it is. What can you do? What what would how would you rank this game? And Tom, you've gotten to play this a little bit. How would you guys rank this game against the other JJP games? Somewhere what? in the middle, maybe. So maybe, what game do you maybe what game below, do you maybe below it? What's that? What game's below it? We'll just go from there. Oh, a JJP gosh. game. Maybe there isn't any. <laughs> um let me think about it. 
See, it's it's yeah. it's, it's tough. It's, it's, yeah, I stood there looking at the Toy it's Story. Definitely the other not day. my favorite. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I I've played Wonka. That was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy Wonka a lot more than Toy Story. I have limited time on Pirates, but I did enjoy my time on there. Hobbit. I have a love hate relationship with Hobbit. Like Joel, I've hate played that sometimes just yeah. to get through it. Yep. On location. Uh, dialed in i absolutely love i mean the theme is what it is but i i love playing in competitions and i love the layout and wizard of oz it's wizard of oz is kind of different for me i i played it a lot on location at cactus jacks and i don't particularly enjoy it but i like the theme but i really don't enjoy playing it itself so i don't know i me personally i'd probably put toy story above wizard of oz because of that but I don't know if I can think of any other games that have come out, like including GNR, Pirates, Dialed In. I, I don't know if I would rank any of those ahead of Toy Story overall. I, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you, we had this conversation earlier. Where, like, I think I would take Toy Story over GNR, even though I, I really had a good time with GNR, but it just none of my friends and family touched GNR. And then, Hobbit, like I think I personally enjoyed Hobbit more than Toy Story, but I'd be curious now if like most of my friends and family didn't touch Hobbit because it was too intimidating. There was too much going on. They didn't know what to do. Um, dialed in. What The interesting thing here is we were on vacation um, last week. We went to Indiana Beach in, um, in Indiana, obviously, and they had an arcade. <laughs> and there was in the arcade, they had a Wonka, a Dialed In, and a um, Wizard of Oz, as well as a bunch of other games. My brother went right up to Wonka and loved it. He had a great time on Wonka while I just played dialed in over and over again. I had a blast. And what was interesting is we switched and Jared had like no fun on dialed in. He's like, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea what's going on. It just didn't work. Like he just didn't enjoy it. While Wonka, I still have no idea what I'm doing in Wonka. And so I played a game. I was just like, nah, I want to go play more dialed in. Like, because I understand dialed in, you know, you charge the phone, you shoot the phone, you follow the shots, you do it. I don't know. It was just easy for me to do that. So I don't know. Like I, I just, it's crazy how different people, whether they're really into pinball or not, Travis, I know you were, you were looking at something over on your computer. I feel like you're prepared to make some sort of smart, snarky remark. What did you look up? You typed something. I just didn't even know Indiana had a beach. So <laughs> learning, learning something new every oh, day. God. Indiana beach is a, it's um it's There's on a more lake. than corn in indiana exactly it's on a lake it's an amusement it's like a big theme park so it's it's not even off a lake is it it says river no it's a lake it's is it a lake twin lakes yeah what that doesn't say twin lakes it says lake schaefer lake schaefer how is that a river it says tippecanoe <laughs> river next to it <laughs> lake schaefer look i'll show you no no whatever okay, nobody cares this. about this nobody cares about this so okay anyways <laughs> I, I don't know. We can go, we can, I can keep talking. Apparently I'm just, I'm just talking way too much, but so we played those games at Indiana beach. What was cool though, is that night I actually had an opportunity at to Tippecanoe go Canoe river, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> that night I had an opportunity to go into Lafayette, Indiana and Tommy Skinner. He, he does a pinball podcast. I forget which one he does. He routes a bunch of games. This flipping pinball podcast. There we yeah, go. He, do, he doesn't yeah. do a pinball podcast, Joel. No, that one's dumb. Yeah. So there's <laughs> Damn. he he does flip what was it, Tom? Sorry. This flipping pinball podcast. This, this flipping, flipping pinball, pinball yes. podcast. So Tommy's a super nice guy and um he routes some games. Uh North End Pump, 
pub in, in Lafayette, Indiana. And we drove 40 minutes to go play pinball. And the reason we did it is because he is routing a P3. He's routing hmm. a P3 and he has a weird owl on location. So, so you drove 40 minutes I while wanted, on vacation yeah. to go play Weird Al. I, so we're I'd on probably vacation. drive 40 yeah. minutes. To yeah, go I got to hear Weird this. Al. This is a good setup. I didn't know you did this. Yeah. So the whole reason we did it. Is this in the show it, notes? God, of course it's in the show. Well, did I type it? <laughs> yes, playing P3. Tom <laughs> it, it, can read. It, it, yeah. It's in there. Oh, it says it playing, playing P3 slash Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought that meant Godzilla was on the P3 randomly. I was just like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, just, go ahead. We, we right, really I'm running the story. Go ahead. I, yeah. I got to hear the story. Okay, so you drove so here's the deal. This while is, on vacation yeah. to go this play is, Weird Al. Okay, go. We This was the last night that we were supposed to stay. My parents bought a house for all of us so to, to stay in, and... Um, uh, my brother and his kids left early. My sister and her kids had to leave early. So it was just going to be my family. My kids slept terribly because they weren't at their own home. So my wife was like, I'm willing to take my kids home if you want to stay. I was like, deal. So, yeah, ditch the family. So it's Perfect. literally <laughs> family vacation. It's me. Sold. It's me and my parents. Me and my parents. And my mom's like, what do you want to do tonight? Do you think and- Joel's wife was swearing the whole ride home with no, the kids? No, she was, she <laughs> was actually she was happy. She I, was I very see, happy because I the kids did I see the silver lining in this. Yeah. Like, okay. She was just ready to get rid of Joel after yeah. vacation. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he kept saying friends and family so damn much. Hey, He's just like, my friends and family are here. Anymore. Joel, we're just your family. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, okay. <laughs> so my mom's looking at me and she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, this is pretty dumb, but- 40 minutes away, there's a pinball machine I'd really like to play. It's attached to a bowling alley. Like, I'm I'm happy to play pinball if you and dad want to go bowling. She's like, well, that why sounds you, fun. Why don't you just sell it at Weird Al? Why do you got to put bowling yeah, okay. into this? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to just tell, tell them you could run with scissors while playing this game. Oh, and yeah. So they're all, they're on board. So we went, we had a great Perfect. dinner. We drove into town. And so I was super curious to see what my parents would think of the P3. Because the P3, as much as we've talked about it, it's always been in the back of my head as in like, I feel like it's a system that novice players will really gravitate towards because they can relate to video games or video assets. I really thought there was a chance there. So we we step up to the P3 and my dad's really staring at this thing and he's he's helped me move a bunch of pinball machines. He, he's what really What the hell it. is this? Thomas, or <laughs> Tom, or sorry, Travis, your beer is empty. What are, what are we pointing at? Yeah, my beer is empty. I got to go refill. Okay, so I'll just but keep go yammering. go ahead with yep. your story. Go, go ahead. So, Tom, I love the joke. I love the energy. Keep that up. Thank you. <laughs> so I step up to the P3, and my parents are watching, and I start explaining. I'm like, "Yes, this lower two thirds is a screen. You're going to see a change. All this this physical module up at the top, you can replace it. It's one system, but you can have different games." They're like, "Well, that's pretty cool." So then I start playing. And seeing the shots and dad's like, wow, it's really cool. They, tr- you know, it follows the ball and like, it's very, it's, it communicates really well what you need to hit all this stuff. So I'm playing the game and, and I was like, here, dad, I want you to, to play a game on it. So he steps up and plays a game. I said, how did the flippers feel? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, did they feel weird? Because the flippers are a completely different system than a normal pinball machine. He's like, nope, felt fine to me. So I was like, all right, seems pretty like he kind of likes this system. He's kind of entertained by the system. So I keep playing and my dad's still watching because I was trying to get to the germs mode. I don't know if you guys know that, but the germs mode, there's a mode in the game where there's um, the scoops on a P3. There's a scoop and wall system. And that's on mm-hmm. the very end of the, of the uh, monitor, which is pretty cool. Cause the hamster multi-ball, the scoops will pop up and it's any sort of mech. That's a change state that like gets in your way. I'm all about, 
Well, the germs mode, the wall comes up and now all you're playing is you're playing on the screen, just the screen. And there's these germs moving around the screen and you have to hit the red germs um, and change them into green germs. So it's all with ball tracking. And my dad was really impressed by that. He's like, now that's cool. Like that is a really cool mode. It does sound cool. It's just, it's unique. I mean, there's no other system that could play that, that could do that obviously other than P3. So then after we play the germs mode, my dad out of nowhere goes, he goes, how old is this? And I was like, this game came out in March. And he goes, oh, (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He goes, (laughs) I thought it was a lot older. Like the graphics look a lot older than that. And I was like, interesting. Like that is a comment that we've heard from he from a lot of people. He goes, it kind of looks like old, old video games, kind of like cell phone game quality. And I'm like, interesting. That is cell phone game is what a lot of people say. So this is my dad completely unprompted. That was his takeaway from the P3 was he's like, this is very innovative. This is very unique. This is very cool, but it doesn't like, in my mind, I thought the P3 is like the modern definition of pinball. But yet it doesn't like that's not his perception of it. So, so I have a question actually to the graphics and everything. So the screen, is it the resolution? Is it like 720p? Is it it I, I think it's 720. It may be okay. 10, but it's not that's that's not what he meant with the graphics. It's the fact no, that I like, understand that. Yeah. When they animate Weird Al, it's like He's, it's like he's a paper doll, you know, with just individual joints, the way he moves his arms and stuff. They're just. But isn't that a creative decision, though? I thought I figured it was. It is. But it's also like that's the graphics have kind of been that way on all P3 games. They are. They're not, you know, they're not the video game level of today. They're not, you know, crazy 3D animations with high end rendering or anything. It just I don't know. The graphics are never. It's like you compare it to other pinball machines and people are like, holy cow, look at Zombie Yeti's art. This is beautiful. Look at these art packages. They're just amazing. This is just, it's a piece of art in itself. The P3, it's, I just, I don't hear anybody raving about the art that you see on the screen. And it's getting better, but it's it's still just kind of there. It's, you know, it's kind of like Jurassic Park animations when the original renderings were, they've improved on a bunch of those. It's just... I don't. I, I just. I, I thought it was a surprising comment. So, so you're saying it's like Doom level, or no, no? If it was more like Ranger in the Ruins, I think is a great P3 game because he made the art very retro, pixelated, eight bit art style, so it fit really well. But I, I don't know the art style they're picking. It just it it just doesn't scream modern art. But I, it's. Sure. I still had a good time. I still had a good time. But in my mind, I was thinking. If my parents were going to be like blown away by this system, then that in my mind would be like, well, maybe I should really still consider a P3 because if my friends and family are going to like flock to play this game because of how cool or innovative or unique it is, that would be really cool. But we played it for like 15 minutes. My dad's like, all right, what else do we have? So then we started moving down the row and we ended up getting to Godzilla. There was a Godzilla Pro. It wasn't even a premium. It was just a pro there. And we started playing and I started doing a game with my dad and my dad just wanted to keep playing. He's not a Godzilla fan. It's not like he has any attachment to the license, but he was actually hitting shots and he had a blast. He had a really good time on Godzilla between the sound package and the explosions and that, but he, he was actually hitting things. He never got into a battle. 
but he was hitting the building shot. He was able to start a multi-ball. Like he had a really good time on Godzilla. So I thought that was neat. We kept playing a bunch of other modern pins. And then Tommy, what's cool is around the bar, um, they, he actually has one whole section of older games. So there was a, there was a Simbad, I think it was Simbad, um, a Dolly Parton, um, um, Meteor, and then there was a Vikings. And Vikings, a, I really... Vikings? It's, it's Viking. just, it's just Viking. Viking. Plural. Viking. What? No. Vikings? Singular. Viking. Single, singular. Vikings. Oh, I, th- I thought you said Vikings. I was like, holy shit, I need to play that game. <laughs> oh, Vikings singular. <laughs> oh, and, apologies, wait, I screwed up again. Uh, you got a sensor. Thank you. Okay, so um, <laughs> what's, what's what's cool is uh, we played one one game of each one. They were only a quarter. I had a good time on Viking because of the outlane ball save, essentially. There's two rubbers at the bottom and two gates where, depending on the speed of the ball, you can kind of nudge and bounce your ball back into the end lane. I thought that was kind of sick. In my mind, I would love to see something like that on a modern pin. It'll probably never happen, but that was a standout for me. I thought that was really cool. So we played all these games, had a great time. We're walking to the car, and I said, all right, Dad, if you could have one of these games for your basement, would you rather have the P3 system or Godzilla? And he, without missing a beat, was like, Godzilla. And that was a Godzilla Pro. So a Godzilla Pro, what, what roughly a $65,000, $7,000 game compared to an entire P3 system, 10, 10 grand plus. He's like Godzilla Pro, and I and and I was like, why? He goes, it was fun. I was hitting shots. I felt like I was doing something. It's it's just I had a good time. And then what made me really happy was the next day driving home. He out of nowhere was like, you know what, Joel? I was thinking about your question yesterday, and about which system would I want. And he goes, another reason I really like Godzilla is it's Godzilla. Like you know what you're doing. You know you're a big creature that you're just going to be destroying things. Like it just it resonated way more than weird. Like weird, he knew Weird Al. He didn't know his last name. He he butchered his last name or whatever. He's like, I know he kind of makes funny songs, but it's just like that doesn't mean anything to me, you know. And so it just it was a it was a really interesting thing that in my mind I was like, I have a Godzilla premium on order, but in the back of my head it's like the money that I'd put put towards Godzilla premium would it make sense for me to put that towards a different game, potentially even a P three? That's always been in the back of my head. And here was like a chance to play games. And I walked away saying, nope, Godzilla Premium is still the right answer. That is the thing to buy, not only for myself, but also for, you know, my friends and family. So I don't. that's a long-winded story, but I don't know if you guys have any, or, or if you've had similar takes on people that have played your Godzillas or what. I don't let anybody touch my Godzilla, Joe Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Tom, does your Godzilla get played? I mean, you have that LE, or you don't let people touch Neil, it. Either. Neil was playing it today. I couldn't get on it. Oh, there you go. Maybe you need to buy two. That way, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was a long-winded story, but hey, I just and that not that story. It was is a not... great story, though, Joel. I oh. mean, it, it had so much in it. I was <laughs> I was enthralled. You, you I went at, to go get you my were on the edge of your seat. Yeah. I literally went to go get my beer, and I could hear him through my headphones the whole time. I'm like, this is a great story. I'm going to take my time and get a bite to eat real quick, mm. and then go use the bathroom, and then come back. And he was still telling the story, and I was enthralled. It was a great like, story, though. I feel like there's, I, a, I, there's a hint of sarcasm no, in most no, of what no you just sarcasm. said. No, there's no sarcasm. No. I actually remember <laughs> that your old man was on your podcast. I think it was your second ever podcast yeah. that you did. See, yeah. I actually remember that throwback. So mm-hmm. I like hearing throwback that to my he dad. has, He's still well, that dad, he yeah. has an opinion on a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, there you go. I like hearing people that are very casual 
mm-hmm. hearing about their experience in pinball because I think, and I, I'm not even being sarcastic, I think that that's probably the most pure opinion that we could ever get from somebody that's involved in pinball. And I think those opinions are very important because new people or people that are just now getting interested in the hobby, they're going to be driving it in the future. I mean, all of us, we've all been in it for a while. We passed that five-year time span and we know what we like, what we don't like. And I'm always fascinated to hear about people that are just now discovering what they like out of a game because it's not always going to be the same thing. True. You know, it's it's always going to be different. It's always going to be unique to that particular person. So that's why I actually am interested in that. And yes, oh, you did go. tell you did tell a great story, Joel. And <laughs> oh, I was impressed you. when you start talking about germs because I was literally washing my hands as soon as you started doing that. <laughs> yeah, you're that's totally, why I was laughing yeah. when I got back here. So yeah, it was perfect. Well, it was like it was like the voice in my head was just talking about what I was doing. So I was very impressed by that. Yes. Hey, uh, life's all about timing, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. It's like no, my conscience. I appreciate I, it, Joel. No, that whole story, it's not to say anything negative about P3. Like I actually had a really good time on it. It was the fact that that was routed. Like Tommy said, that game is on pace to being his highest earner ever. And I said, well, That's and he awesome. goes, well, he goes, truthfully though, it's always the newest game. Whatever the newest game is typically kills. But he goes, this is earning a ton. And I don't know if it's because people, there people know they're traveling like me are coming just to experience it, or if it's actually pulling casuals in. What I will say is we were in that main room for probably an hour. I was the only person that played the P3 when we were in there. Surprisingly, the game that was getting the most played was Turtles. Turtles actually had a good amount of play on it. And and then the last thing is he had, uh, you know, most of his games had Insider Connect. Um, he had one of the screens up. So it was like the North and pub insider connect leaderboard. And I was, I was super motivated by that thing. I looked at Godzilla and I saw the number one score was like 3 billion. I'm like, yeah, that was Tommy. I was like, not going to happen. But then I saw just to get fifth, I only needed like, I don't know, like 500 million or something. And I'm like, I'm getting on this board. And I played it just watching my name go up the, you know, like my mom would look over and she's like, oh, you're only, you're only 50,000 away from moving up a spot. And it's just, <laughs> it was to me, it's like, if you're an operator or that made my mom sound really lame, but she, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you have your mom cheerleading while, while you play. Yeah. You I know? need to start bringing my mom to competition so there she can go. cheer me on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. She'll ask, is this your first time playing in a competition? You already bring Monica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Monica's not going to cheer him on because yeah, she's going to want his name care. higher than hers. Tom, Tom you saw yeah, her. I don't, I don't have York. anybody cheer me on. I have Neil destroying me. I have you destroying me. You got. I we were cheering you on while you were playing that's, Godzilla. That's Tom, true. I'll cheer you on. We were going nuts. Yeah, we yeah. were cheering you on. You were Tom. laughing at me too. I was, well, yeah. okay, that's fair. But still, though, <laughs> it's it's because you nearly like death save or not death save. You slid save the game into like the concrete pillar, <laughs> and then turned were, like, around three... and looked at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and transition there. But just to finish that up, I will say, if you're an operator, having a chance to have your own leaderboard there on your location, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what you need. Whether it's just like a TV and a Raspberry Pi or some simple system. To hook your TV up to probably that one an website. HDMI cord, maybe. Well, potentially, but it's know. you have to have something to connect to the internet that's going to go to that landing page. You're, Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> no, you, the, the TV would just built in Wi-Fi and then a browser. Like I don't know the TVs that have Smart built in TV. browsers. Okay, okay. Well, get all those things. But twenty twenty two, Joel Bob. Holy smart, cow. very smart. smart. Yeah. So TV. get that. I would smart just encourage. TV. I was motivated by Insider Connect. I thought that was pretty sick and it was cool to see the leaderboard. So big thumbs up for me. So but that's enough. Sin- 
since you did get to play uh, Weird Al, what was your like most favorite part of it? Um, I do. The modes are very different. Like that's one thing I really liked. Where you know to to be playing the heck out of Toy Story, and it's just like, oh, it's a carnival mode. Oh, it's a carnival mode. Oh, it's a carnival mode. Sure, the shots are different. You know, this carnival mode, I'm hitting the captain ball and then ripping spinners. Ah, but it's a carnival mode. Like this is like germs. That mode is extremely different than Amish Paradise or White and Nerdy. You know, and it just I I really enjoyed that. It, it the change so in pace. You, while you're you like that each mode kind of felt like its own little ecosystem. Sure. Within the yeah. game. And do you think that was aided by just the P3 platform itself? Absolutely. And that's yeah, because the whole screen's changing. I mean, mm-hmm. Amish Paradise, the whole bottom half looks like a wooden box of a pinball machine and germs is you know it just everything feels very different so i still like the p3 system i it still is a system that's tempting to me and maybe one day there will be a module that'll finally convince me to dive in and if if that happens i'd buy weird out like it was a good time especially at three grand or whatever the module is and where'd you play this at north end pub in lafayette indiana you got me sold. I, I have to drive 40 minutes and go play it. 40 minutes and it's in, <laughs> it's in Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, you're right there. So it's a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. And I still think it's a very, very cool system. I just, what I was most curious about, about it was what would a novice think of this system? And because, you know, my dad, I'm not dragging my dad to a pinball show. So I was, I was just really curious to see how, how his reaction. And there you go. I threw, I, I told my super enthralling story of my dad's reaction. Uh, are, are you still coming to Clee Pendrel? That is the plan. That is the plan. It is wow, on the calendar. We just very finished close. the calendar. Yeah, I know. What? I don't Only know what days weeks? yet. I, when did this up. happen? He's I've been talking for, about it forever. Thank you, Tom. I didn't know he was man. going to Clee Pen. Yeah. Well, well it's Thursday, listen. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm thinking like <laughs> drive Friday night, be there all Saturday, drive home Sunday, something like that. But cool. you going to play in the tournament? Heck no. Yeah, yes, right. you are. Are you going to cheer us on? Yeah, I'll cheer you on. Cheer Neil and Travis on. All right, so we will. Here's <laughs> your transition. Take, we're going to take him to the bar. Yeah. We're going to give him a couple of drinks, and then we're just going to shove him in front of a machine. He's not even going to know how to queue up. We're just going to be like, just hit the start button. Hit it's it four fine. times, right? It's my. You got to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play a four player game. It'll be awesome. Well, tournament. You got to start. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, definitely start a four player game in a herb format. Yes. <laughs> That's a dis- yeah. isn't that an automatic DQ if you don't start enough players? So you're player one or something. Oh yeah, and you don't yeah. Start no, all that's absolutely DQ. Match play, but. Yeah, match Josh play. Josh Sharp will come over to you and just unplug the machine <laughs> and tell you to get that out. Yeah, yes. I don't. And that's no, what it's not. It's not a DQ. At it's least a warning, anymore. a slap on the wrist. And you don't. No, you just restart the game, and everybody hates you. Oh, for it. Yeah, well, especially the player one who has you know a hundred million and has to restart. My my brother played in a magic, the gathering tournament over the weekend. What? And he actually, <laughs> that's where you get well, out of the, what I'm what, saying did is people hit the start button wrong no, on magic, the gathering tournament. He had a moment where all five judges in the tournament were watching his game because of some issues. There were, there's judges, there's judges there's, in magic. There's the gathering. issues. What do you mean? <laughs> there's issues. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's a somebody whole thing have there. like a sneaky card up no, their sleeve. Apparently, like, the there's, if, card. if you play a card, but the, if you're like in the middle. without a critical hit card all of a sudden to play. <laughs> oh, right. There's a, I'll tell you right now, the crossover between Magic the Gathering and pinball is pretty big. So I don't want to, I don't want to offend um, any players, but yeah, there's big things. Like you draw one too many cards. There's, you get warnings. Right, you get all so these what was things. the issue? What was the issue? His particular 
issue dealt with and the way he described it was when you're playing your turn, you're like laying everything out. If you potentially lay a card and realize you don't want to do that, it's kind of like a thing you can say, like, I want to take this card back. And as long as nothing's changed, there's no change state. It's up to your opponent on whether or not they okay it. Apparently, it's pretty common for them to be like, yeah, that's fine. Well, Jared said that. He's like, he knew. He's like, if I do this, I've just lost the whole game. So he's like, I didn't mean to do this. Can I take this back? The guy's like, um, I want to ask a judge. So one judge came over. The judge is like, um, let me ask another judge. Judge two comes over and says, yeah, you can do that. So Jared takes the card back. Then one of that guy's teammates said, I'm going to review, like, uh, like what? I don't there's, agree. There's it was a teammates? team thing. Yeah. So there's three different players playing three different matches. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So his teammates like, I'm going to argue that call. So then they call over the head judge of the oh, entire shit. tournament. And at this point, Jared's Jared's match was so delayed. It's It was literally the, the entire round was waiting on him, on his match. And the head judge is there. So now the other judges come to watch. There are five judges watching his match. And the head judge of the tournament says, you can do you can do that. So Jared picked up the card. And now literally all the judges are watching him play. And apparently at one point he like reached over and he's supposed to pick up four, three cards. And he actually had four. He never looked at it, but like put one back. And the judge is like, that's a warning. You can have three warnings for tournament. It's like super Yellow card. Exactly. It's, <laughs> so he was like telling me how psyched out he was, you know, and it's, you know, when you're trying to compete, but yet you're having all these people watch you, you're holding up an entire tournament. He was in his head. I don't know. He was really worked up about it. And I felt, I felt bad for him. <laughs> But I don't know. And unfortunately, he said the worst part was at the end, he did the math in his head and he thought they had killed all of his guys. So he cleared them up. And then he was doing the math afterwards and realized he was wrong. He only killed four out of his five guys. So he was still alive. And he's like, I had five judges watching me. Why did they not stop that? Like, why did they not stop? They're all doing the same math. So then he was pissed that the judges were like against him. But I, I don't know. My brother listens to the podcast, so he's probably sitting here going, you told that story incredibly wrong, but... <laughs> it sounds like the whole thing was rigged against yeah. your brother. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm getting out of it. Yep. That's well, at was. least somebody in your family competes, though. So, Jared, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, said that, he said that on stream. He goes, now that I know that there are pinball tournaments, I suck at pinball, but I would... He's like, I want to play in one. I want to play in a tournament. He's making me look bad. Uh, one day. Well, one tell day, him we'll to come to I, Cleveland with you, say. Maybe yeah, I'll hang yeah, out I'll with him and can not play. Joel. Yeah, <laughs> forget <laughs> Joel. You're off the podcast, Joel. You want your brother on here. Get Jared on. Here's the competitive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I've talked a lot tonight, and I, there's another Obviously. subject. No. <laughs> there's another hey guys, subject. Welcome to Triple Drain, which is really yeah. just another pinball podcast. With two support support members who <laughs> who Get refills and go to the bathroom while while I while I talk. But I'm the hey, Tom, comic do you think do you think Joel gets as fired up to have us on his podcast <laughs> as he does George Gomez and Keith Elwin and Hell Scott no. Denisi? No, is the answer. I mean, no. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. Well, yeah, come that on, was, that was That's the easiest question I've ever answered. Yeah. Hey, uh, what, this what's is, the question? Would I what? Would do you get more fired up? You're you ask the question. Am I repeating <laughs> your own question? You said would I? Would I what? Would you get, if you had the option to record tonight with me or Keith Elwin, you're going to tell me you get just as excited that I'm going to be, the, that I'm going to record with you? Yeah, I, I'm always super excited That's to lie. record with you, Joel. That's always. true he is. I got I, you a comfy. 
You that did. you called yeah. a snuggie, like you an did. a-hole, but still. You should get Keith a comfy. You hey, I respect <laughs> my friends, okay? I Thank enjoy you. hanging out with my friends, especially Tom. Well, yes. here you go. Here's your transition. <laughs> Joel, we just tolerate. Here's, a, here's your transition, okay? I'm going to shut up. You had a chance to hang out with a bunch of your friends, including Tom. You guys played in a tournament just, what was it, last weekend or the weekend before? Um New two weekends York. ago. Yes. Two weekends ago. Yes. Is it really two weekends? Ago? Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. We, so this, we I'm going to shut up stories because oh I got, boy. I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. So one of you guys take off and fill us in. I, I could just talk about airports and, and being on planes. And I could talk be... about Uber drives on Uber the way drive? to the hotel. Oh yeah. <laughs> I saw something that I cannot unsee <laughs> that told me good. I'm in New York. Please. So I told Tom this story. Okay. So uh, this is like literally a rated R story for anybody listening. So, so you might want to fast forward five minutes if you have. Oh, no. You don't have to be. I'm not going to cuss <laughs> or anything. But I mean, I realized wait, I'm in New York right now. I'm in New York City. It, it made total sense. So we don't see this type of thing in Oklahoma City or now in St. Louis or Fallon. We're in Oklahoma. No, we use horse and buggy. Okay. Just check. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> So basically, I'll just speed this up. We flew in. I was with Monica. We got on an Uber. We, you know, did the quintessential. What or time whatever was that it word about? It, it was late. It was super late. I mean, it, this had to be. It was like 10 was, or 11, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was yeah. later in the evening. And we did like the perfect Uber ride to where somebody's like, hey, here's the Uber. Take it. Get on it. Uber driver says hello. We say hi. And that's it. Just drive us to our spot. Right. So it's perfect. We're just driving along, looking at everything, seeing all the buildings. And then all of a sudden we get to the stoplight and we're kind of like creeping through it. I look over to my left and I see one body against the wall, against the building. Then I see another body right by it. It's like a silhouette. I notice that that one body is doing a dry humping motion. So I'm like, what, what is this? So we kept driving and then the light finally got perfect on them. I'm like, oh. They're just straight up having sex, like in the middle of the road, like against the building right there. So I'm like, what in the well, world? Welcome to New York. Yeah, I told Monica, I'm like, did you just see that? And she's like, oh, the bird over there? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no. So, yeah, that that was like my first introduction to New York. I was just like, what am I seeing right now? So, yeah. And Tom was at a tournament at the time at, I think, Jack Bar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Tom was giving me the play by play of Neil just absolutely destroying the strikes tournament as Neil does. And then, you know, I'm seeing like live action sex scenes play out in the streets <laughs> of New York City. So. Yeah, I have to say, uh, Jack, Jack Burr was a, a really nice location. I'd I'd recommend anybody go there if you're you're in the area. Yeah, he's got a he's got a quite a collection. Yeah, it was nice. Cool. Yes. I yes, enjoyed quite it. the collection. I enjoyed so, it, even though I, I got knocked out in the first two games. I, I still enjoyed it. You okay, guys, it was a bar. You're fine. You uh, guys were at I that play tournament well that weekend. This, the same time I was on vacation. So I I did not see any Where outside did you go? fornication. I, I went to the beach. Oh, that's <laughs> right. He, he went to Indiana, Indiana Beach. beach yeah, the remember? Beach, the beach on the river, apparently. <laughs> the God. Fan, it's a river. I it's will send you the screenshot. Lake Schaefer. Indiana. <laughs> yeah. It's a river. Okay. Extra so river. Okay. So you guys actually played in turn. Well, that was the same weekend as the tournament up in Canada, right? That, that pinballers, Mike and Carter and, um, 
You don't know? I have no, no I idea. Think, I think that was... Maybe? I think that was week? the week after, I, I think. Know. Shout out to them because Carter crushed it. But Jeff Teolis, yeah. he made top four too. But um, all right. So talk about you two. I mean, what happened? Did you play well? <sighs> Who kicked your butt? What do you, What was? What mistakes were made? So many stories. So many mistakes. You know, you could just literally start with one. Just pick one. Right. Um, <laughs> every okay, time what, what I we, played... Hold on a second. Every time I played <laughs> Star Trek, freaking Walking Dead right next to it was something was going on. Something was wrong. It was broken. Players are complaining. I'm sitting there trying to play. So you All can't distracted. You can't or well, I mean, if you're middle of the ball, you can't stop if they're repairing a game right next to you. Oh no, I did. Oh. Cause you wait and wait. Because there was like a TD attack and the player <laughs> like in my personal space. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta stop. It's all right. At one point I was playing Tron and there was a tech fixing ACDC and they literally just started leaning on my game. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <playing>? <laughs> I'm like, bruh. Oh, <laughs> that's right. This just- was, you guys were like venting. There were multiple things apparently about this this tournament. Yeah, that, well, it's it's a herb you. and it is an expensive herb. So it, it was twenty dollars. Yeah, very expensive. It was twenty dollars for five entries, and for those math majors out there, that's four dollars per game. So that's you know that's a lot of money per game. So each each one mattered. Usually, if I go to a herb, like I'm ready to pump and dump. I I will be the king of pumping and dumping. Not not as good as those two people on the street corner that I saw driving there, but <laughs> still, and humping. You know, yeah, yeah I, I will definitely like get dumping. going. So, because it's like mini pinball vacation for me there. Like I love herb format. I love it. But going to New York, I knew because of the price tag that I was going to severely limit myself to my entry. So I had like a hard stop budget and I knew that every single game I played it actually mattered. Usually I like using games to kind of see how they're playing, to see what the balance is, what the tilts are. But this time I was just playing just straight up just to save as much money as I could. So naturally when Homeboy started just leaning against my pen <laughs> to fix ACDC, I was like, we're not on location here. This is an expensive tournament because it was $100 or basically $100 to get into the event, which the event was like, I don't know, 12 free play games with, six or seven being from coin taker and then some off to the side. And I think project pinball was there with a couple of games too, but then the rest were tournament games. But then you still had to pay another fee, which is basically a hundred dollars right around there to be in the tournament. And then you had to pay your entries. So you did get some free entries for, uh, the, if you got, yeah, if you, if you ordered early enough, yeah, early enough. yes, Yes. Yeah. So, free for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so that, that was there, but yeah, it just, I don't know. I mean, the rough part was, is that some of the games, it was obvious that they weren't quite ready for tournament play. I mean, there was a couple, like the Godzilla played great. I felt like the Rolling Stones played pretty well. Trying to think of some others. ACDC, even though it went up and down, I thought it played fair. The, the the creature with the offset flippers was kind of fun. That creature was rough. The flippers were literally not even. So like one one flipper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like was up here and the other, I mean, 
it played so fine, us, I guess. You know. Yeah, and that, that led. No, I don't think I, so. I don't think so. Only only Germany purposefully makes their flippers like be offset. What was that like wizard that they did that with yeah, to where yeah. the flippers were like purposely offset? But yeah, so I mean, there was some issues with that. But my biggest pet peeve happened when we were in classics finals. So I ended up getting I think I was second seed overall. And it was I made it to the second round. I lucked out getting past the first round, got to the second round. And then shortly after I got eliminated, I was talking to somebody because we were talking about game picks. And then I realized the way that they were talking, they were picking the same games. And I was like, wait a second. Like, what do you mean you were picking the same games? It's like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, I picked these games in the first round. I just stuck with it. And I'm like, I didn't do that. And the reason why I didn't do that, because it clearly said on the rules on the website that you, you can basically, not. yeah, it, it literally says in all divisions, something like machines can only be selected once and once is in capital letters per player during the duration of the finals. And so I played classics finals according to that rule set, only to find out that somehow I guess it changed during the players meeting. I, I don't know when the change was. So that was kind of frustrating to to end up getting eliminated off games in which I wouldn't have never even picked in the first place. And it came down to the last game. So that that was kind of a, a kick in the nuts, so to say. But lesson learned, just pick your games and let the TD tell you no. Yeah, I guess that, that's the lesson I learned. You know, yeah. so don't don't follow the rules. Just make them up along the way and hope for the best, I suppose. But I mean, so, yeah, I, I I'm not saying like that would have led to any differences, but since I was able to pick the games and be the bus driver, that that would have been huge to be able to play the games that I wanted to play and not feel like my games were already burned. So that was kind of a kind of a downside. And then the other downside for me was the actual finals. finals. Yeah, the actual finals. So we all it's crazy. I got a text. I think it was from Tom. And he's like, yeah, Russian Godzilla are out. I'm like. What do you mean they're out? Like, how did they break down over overnight? Those were the best playing games. He's like, oh, no, they're they're not in the tournament anymore. They're getting packed up. And I'm like, what? And so, and so I won't name any other names. But of course, there was other people in the tournament that were in finals that they were just as perturbed by that. And we well, get there. Neil and yeah. was, too. I mean, those were yeah. his kind of go to games. Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla would have definitely been one of my picks if I had the opportunity yeah, I mean, he was he and, was like, I'm going to pick Rush and Godzilla, mm -hmm. you know. Yep, yep. And so those two games got taken away, and why, which I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you away? could blame like the tournament directors so, for that, right? So, to my knowledge, it was not the tournament director's fault. From what I understand, they did not realize that this was going to happen, and they were games that were brought by Coin Taker, and apparently, Coin Taker, Game Taker. <laughs> apparently they were going to leave early and so uh, they left and they left with their games i mean obviously they're not going to leave their games behind but yeah they just packed huh. it up and took it and so, so which which i think is odd because like I, I mean from my perspective okay you know i've i've gone to midwest gaming classic so many times and and the vendors do not pack up their stuff until the end of the show. Uh, I've gone to Expo. Same thing. You know, the vendors typically don't pack up until the end of the show. So it was just it was just a little odd. 
there was a there was a lot of people not happy about it. I'll just say that. I know I, I will freely say I was one of them because Godzilla would have been one of my picks. I mean, Rush, I struggle bust on it, but Godzilla, I had had it dialed in and I would have I would have had fun playing that game. So it just that part was frustrating. And I don't I've seen games go down. Right. But I've never seen games just outright taken out because people that supply the game. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and for a tournament that's supposed to be so prestigious, such as the New York City Pinball Championships, and to have the sponsor, or I guess I, I guess that the, they were the sponsor of the tournament, just pull main stern games out of it, it's just like crap, you know? Right. I mean, it just, it didn't feel good spending all that money to go out there. I mean, by traveling, hotel, tournament entry, like it's expensive. It was not cheap. It was by far the most expensive tournament. I played it, and this includes Indisc that was out in California. This was very expensive, and just to find out that games were just being pulled just the morning of, and I mean, like we said, it was no fault to the tournament directors because I don't think they even realized it, but man, that that just kind of topped everything and just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth personally. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I still had fun playing pinball. It was, I liked the view from the pinball area. I mean, the, the view Uber? was pretty spectacular. What's that? You like the view from the Uber? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was great. The yeah, actual venue, <laughs> the actual venue was very nice. Yeah. I mean, it was a it great was, place was to dope. hold it. Uh, like, like Travis said, awesome view. You could see the statue of Liberty just out the window. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. They had a lot of places to eat and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just some of the stuff that was happening, like, like the games being taken away. The yeah. other thing I didn't understand, like they, they brought, they brought some of the, like, I think they brought Dolly Parton in from classics, which is fine. And then they brought a couple of the games from, from the women's tournament, which was fine. But the thing I thought was odd was you couldn't, at least get like 30 seconds of practice on those games. They just announced like, yeah, no, no practice. Um, and not touch, not touching those games. I mean, everybody was playing those games for, for two days straight and then bringing in what, three or four games and yeah, then not being finals. able, yep. you know, you pick them and you're like, okay, well, I, I don't, I mean, I know the game, but, I don't know how it feels or, you know, yeah. to at least no. get, get a, a chance to, to play it was a little odd, I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the that's the best spot right there to get a 30-second practice. Whenever you play to Herb, obviously, if all the games that were in qualifying, it makes sense that, hey, if you didn't play it, that's, you know, tough right. pity. It is what it is, but... If the game's not even in the qualifying bank and it just gets brought into finals, yeah, I would prefer there to be at least a 30-second practice. I don't think it's hurting anything. Finals means no. a lot. People have traveled there. People have paid, again, we talked about a lot of money to be there. Yep. So, yeah, I'm all for 30 seconds of practice before just to let people just see where the bounces are, see where the flippers are, instead of using their very first ball to figure that out. Because each right. ball in finals, everybody there can play. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of excellent players that didn't make finals. So, I mean, Thank with everybody you. there, <laughs> with everybody there playing, it's like, you know, I mean, you want to get a chance. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's 
Definitely. It's weird because I would say like it feels like the tournament has some growing pains, but it's already been around for a couple of years. This isn't their first rodeo. So, I mean, there was just as their first time at that venue. Right. But it's their first time post COVID, I guess, because they had one, what, 2018, 2019. So, I mean, I don't know. It, It just goes back to, I guess, whenever you are running a tournament, the one main thing you want to make sure of is that the games play well or play as well as you can get them. They're clean. They're ready to go. And just try to make sure all the games, I guess, can stay there throughout finals as long as they're working. I mean, that would be the the big thing. But yeah, it's just overall, I think, and I told Tom this too, I think what it what it really seemed in it for me is that I'm very much on board with regional facilities that have lots of pins there that are taken care of by somebody or by a group that play very well, that are well-maintained that are up to tournament standards. So, I mean, when I look at how District 82 does it, I mean, they do it excellent. Going out to Delaware, they had their their games dialed in very well. I very much enjoyed that. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to Herb is that most of the games are going to be sourced from various people. So, you know, this isn't just really just New York City. It's been like this everywhere. When you're sourcing games from different people, you're going to get different types of games coming in. But at the very least, I, I would hope that the games are at least clean and just ready to go. I mean, if they play a little weird, a little funky, that's just part of it. That's what happens when you, you know, source games from different people. Sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's just my expectations out of a tournament. But, you know, outside of that, it's still pinball. It's still fun. I think at, at least three-fourths of the games played decent enough to where I... You know, I guess we were able to identify the games that we wanted to keep playing, the games that were just like, these are total grenades, don't mess with it, there's no point, flippers are going to die pretty quick. So we we figured that part out. I mean, it was fun being around friends, it was fun eating the food, drinking the beer, not seeing people in the alleys or street corners doing their thing, <laughs> you know, overall. But I will say, I had the worst time getting sleep though it was like every other hour there were sirens going off tom See, says he couldn't hear it but it yeah, was like i couldn't hear it time I, for I, me i slept great and we were in the oh. same hotel <laughs> oh i was like i was like rage playing toy story like joel does like in the middle of the night i just i would wake <laughs> up and i just well and plus too admittedly i was trying to be in the best mood possible because as soon as we landed in new york my allergies just went nuts for the whole entire trees. weekend yeah it was something like I just I I kept like runny nose, just stopped up. Just I mean, it just my allergy. But as soon as I got back to Missouri, gone. It was yeah. just gone. And that's when I finally did get back to Missouri, because, of course, American Airlines just kept screwing up my flight. And we ended up not flying home till Monday. And then my kids missed their first day of school because of that. So, yeah, other than that, it was <laughs> it was great. You know, so so Joel will find this funny or and maybe our listeners, but there was a I'm not going to say who it was, but there was a person who walked up to me at the tournament during qualifying and was like, you're Tom Graff from the Triple Dream Podcast. <laughs> and I was standing right next to Raymond talking to him. And I'm like, and this is Raymond Davidson. <laughs> I, said, I thought that was hilarious. That's awesome. Look at you, Tom. I would, yeah, I would Tom, have loved if, Tra- if Travis would have been standing there and you just ignore him. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Most, hey, Travis, most, did you bring, most people go up to Travis. Did you bring uh, Thomas Hats finally? Nope. <laughs> 
Was I supposed to? Yes, you still have his TPN hats. It's probably a great thing I didn't. Because yeah. American Airlines like screwed everything uh-huh, up uh-huh. so much, his hats probably would have ended up somewhere in Wyoming. I mean, it's, <laughs> American Airlines is terrible. Let's let's go off on a tangent for now. If you want to ride on an airlines, that is great. It's not American <laughs> Airlines. It is horrible. I would rather just force gump my way to New York City Good next one. time. <laughs> okay. Like, there's just I can't do it anymore, Joel. Can't do it anymore. They they cancel flights. They push back flights. Nah, they all the they redo flights. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then on top of it, they send us to a hotel saying, "Yeah, here's about." Or, well, no. First, here's what they do, Joel Bob. They say, "Hey, <laughs> hey, we're gonna put you on a shuttle, right? It's free to get uh-huh. to this get to this hotel, right? That's comped." So we go up to the shuttle. Hey, when's the next shuttle run? Oh, an hour and twenty minutes from now. Like it's one a.m. in the morning. What do you mean an hour and twenty minutes from now? And so then you get an Uber and you go to the hotel that's comped. You get there. Then the fr- person running the front desk is like, "Well, we got nothing from American Airlines. We didn't even know you were coming." So then you just wait another thirty minutes, and then by the time you get to your room, it's I don't know three o'clock in the morning, and you got to wake up at five thirty in the morning to get to your shuttle that you're hoping shows up just to get to your flight that morning. Okay, tangent over. <laughs> See, that's one of the perks that's of not playing I've tournament fl- pinball. I get to stay in my house. That's <laughs> Just, why I flew Delta. I don't know. But I, I still have had a- problems. I got st- I got stuck in New York overnight. Our our plane got canceled. And I'm not. I don't. I have a. We have a big family vacation. This is why I'm missing Expo. I, we have a big family vacation out to San Diego in October, and I am. What are you flying? Good luck. I don't know. My, my mother in law booked the whole thing, and. uh I'm oh flying boy. with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So it's like that alone is going to suck. And I like, yeah. I just hope and pray that just the, there, I don't, I'm already going to have to deal with them. I don't want to have to deal with an airline, but the more that I hear about airplane travel right now, there's, I mean, we're going to get screwed, but we'll see. So it's horrible, Joel. The only way to get through it is that you just go to, to the Chili's bar before <laughs> the flight. And then you just hope that they let you on the flight afterwards. So mm. yeah, it's just ugh, airports. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm so done with airports. So you said well, you're driving to Cleveland, right? Yes. But both yes. of you are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, 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 bri- I, I briefly looked and I'm, I briefly I, looked at flights and I was like, no, nah, no. Nah, I, I bought my it. tickets a while ago and I'm seriously considering canceling. Yeah. I mean, I probably would. What I plan on doing is just driving to Indianapolis and let Joel drive the rest of the way. Now I know he's going. So, (laughs) okay. Um, Well, is there anything else you guys have to say about New York? American Airlines sucks. And that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) Well, you've had some, you've had some good words of wisdom and believe it or not, we actually have, we've had a few people that have emailed us over the, over a few months and they normally ask good questions. I try to do my best to remember to bring them up on the podcast. And I will tell you, I've not been very good at that, but this was an email we got from John. And basically the long and short of it was people like people like triple combo. We enjoyed We enjoy doing triple combos. The problem is they take a long time because really breaking down tournament strats or wizard modes. I mean, it's, it can be 30 minutes plus on talking about a game. And so trying to fit it into a podcast, we need to do it more and we're sorry we don't do it more often because people love them, but it needs to be its own podcast. It probably should at this point. But, um, but John here, basically what he asked is he's, he said he really enjoyed the discussion on Godzilla and he's just saying, he's trying to get a better understanding of rule sets, code strategies. So his question is, 
and we don't have to go into too much detail here, but he's saying, I was wondering how you guys go about learning rule sets and code and how you develop some of your strategies. So I will say, I mean, I, I'm nowhere near as deep into code as you guys are. So for me, how do I learn code? It's a lot of times it's the, the reveal streams. It's, it's watching other people play the game, other people that I know that have gotten it. Um, you know, when, when I got toy story, luckily Zach came and dropped it off and it showed me how to play the game. It was actually explaining it to me. And so that's how I get, you know, the beginning of the game or a lot of the basics of how to work through it. And then once I have questions, luckily, you know, Travis owned it so I could ask him or I just, I, I, it's very, I don't know. I rely on streams or I rely on asking my friends, but most of the time I'm just trying to learn just how to get through it. I don't really care about points. It's just more progression thoughts, that kind of stuff. So that's how I do it. Now, the two of you guys are totally different. You guys are attacking games from a much more critical, analytical thought, and then also trying to figure out strategies that you can turn, you know, use in tournaments. So if you guys want to explain your thought, I mean, let's go ahead and start with Tom. You know, I, when you have I a just, brand new game that's dropped off, where do you start and how do you, how do you attack it on trying to figure out a strategy? I just... <clears throat> try to keep it as simple as I can. Um, just learn the different modes and multi-balls. Um, I, I try not to get too in-depth with stuff just because, you know, just kind of break down into into just some simple things that I can remember um, and take it from there. Do you feel like it's like homework in a way? Because it's, it's yeah, you know. Sometimes you, it depends yeah. on the game though. Like, you know, maybe like Godzilla, you know, that, that that's a little more involved than, say, Deadpool. Yeah. But do you, I mean, you get you get the LE, so you don't get the, you know, most of the time the pros, those get on location. Like, once a game's announced, it, in your head, do you have like, all right, I have roughly three weeks before there's a chance that I'm going to have to play this in a tournament? Like, do you feel any pressure to really try to learn these games quick? sometimes uh just depends on the games i mean if 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 they're games i'm not familiar with then yeah there's a lot of pressure to uh, i'll look i'll look up like youtube videos and other streamers other tournaments that have had them just to try to understand what's going on a game i've never played sure okay and then Travis, I know on a <laughs> multiple podcasts ago, you said you you take off the glass and start hitting switches and and play that game. So go for it. What what's your unboxing experience, or or once you've done your initial flips, you know how do you start really dissecting a game? Um, so I guess we're basically jumping to after I play the game for a little while. I mean, right? we can we can back up <laughs> if you no, want. No, to that's about. fine. I'm just making <laughs> yeah. sure. So. So, yeah, I, well, essentially the way that I go through a game is when I first get it. I don't really I don't really pay too close attention to the rules when I see people playing it on reveal streams, just because it's the most basic code for it. And it's going to change a little bit when you get it. So when I don't pay too close attention, I'm more concerned about the shot geometry and stuff like that. The, the main thing that I try to figure out early on is where do I start the modes? Where can I start my multi-balls and where are the multipliers at? Mm -hmm. You figure out those three things, that's that'll get you a long ways because then it becomes about putting those three things together, right? So whenever I generally start figuring out a rule set, then I start breaking it down. Okay, what mode, what shots 
gel well with certain multi balls because I like to see shots that you hit one shot, but you get two things for it. Like you might get multi ball progression and you get mode progression at the same time. So those are things that I generally look for. Whenever Hold on, I'm slow trying. down. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whenever I'm trying to figure out how to play a pin competitively. Now, in terms of knowing exactly what to do and kind of formula formulating from there, I actually do a couple of things. I do flashcards and I actually write out the modes so that way I know what's going on. So if I read what the mode is or I figure out what the mode is, I'll just take the glass off. I will hit switches and then I figure out, OK, here's a sequence of shots. So my goal is, is to figure out not how much something's worth. I mean, generally, you'll you'll just kind of know like what's worth more than what. But I'm not really concerned about exact numbers. I'm more concerned about what are sequences. And I like finding the shots in which it's the most accessible types of shots to get to. Yeah, and like the shots I, that I know there are oh. players like Escher that they know the exact point values in their head. So if they're like, I'm down by twenty five thousand. He like does the math in his head of I need this shot, this shot, this shot, and then I'll have twenty seven thousand. Oh yeah, it's no, it's insane. You'll you'll, you'll do a that. Escher's kind of like Michael Jordan, you know. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> okay. like he's kind of like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that shot off of that shot and do this, and then I'm gonna win the game. Yep, that's the way. I mean, and you get there eventually. I okay. mean, you play you play a, yep. well, you play a game enough, you start to realize. <laughs> their approximate value of those shots. Yeah. Like, you know, their approximate value of the jackpots, you know, what happens when you multiply some, you know, their approximate value of a super jackpot. And so, I mean, in all reality, if you're starting out that that's just how I like to do it. Like everybody's going to have their own way doing it. And so there's going to be, you just got to kind of find the way that works for you. Me personally, I like figuring out the modes on my own, just hitting switches. And then from there, I'll write it out on a notebook and then I just distill the information downward. So I'll read through it and then I'll write down exactly what that mode does. What shots am I looking for? What, what is the sequence of shots? And so once I do that, then that's when I turn over to the flashcards, which is basically, this is where I get fancy, Joel, yep. right here. It's, yep. it's all about spaced repetition. And so I use flashcards online and I'll just write it out and I'm able to basically use a program. I think it's uh, Zorbi.com that I use. It's like Z-O-R-B-I.com. Shout out to them. I don't get any money. So there you go. But I use them. So basically then I can tell like what, or I can basically make a note card, right? And I can choose to try to answer it. And then I know whether or not I'm very good at that or I'm horrible at it. So I can say, well, I don't know it at all. I just hit a number and then it keeps bringing it up in my in my notes over and over and over again but if i know it and i put down that i know it like i put the option as like i know exactly what this is it'll put it way back in my notes to where it won't come up for a while so i can i can train this for like 5 10 15 minutes at a time and i know it sounds like a lot of work but the reality is is i love knowing what to yeah. do yeah. i love figuring out rule sets and the reality is all these players at tournaments all the top level players they're very good. They're they studying, know it. Yeah. Yes. And so if you don't know what to aim for, you're basically just chimp flipping your way around to Point just like me. Yeah. To what? So yeah, I mean, I like to know how to score the points. So 
that's a big part of it for me. And I just kind of view or view pinball as chess. And that's what I look for. So once I start figuring out how the modes work, that's where I start piecing that puzzle together and seeing what what gels well with what, what multiball goes with what mode. And that's what I'm looking for. And then I solidify my path or my roadmap based off that. And I find what my strategy is. See, that's I'm exactly just, how I play modern I, games. I'm picturing you doing your flashcards with somebody like uh, Chris Farley on Billy Madison. You know? <laughs> just... That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> yep. Nope. Um, just just all flashcards online and just writing down notes and then just distilling them to the easiest way to understand them and repeat. So the easiest way, I, I will tell you guys what, and I'll Joel, this will help you a ton. I promise you this will help you a ton. And this will help anybody else a ton that's listening. If you're struggling with rule sets, try to learn them in a way that you know that you're going to teach it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That's the easiest way to learn these rule sets. Because if you get it down, if you can explain it to somebody else and you could try to teach it to somebody else, you're going to fully start understanding what it all is. So that helps as well. And plus, I, I will admit, I'm in some competitive chat groups and that helps as well. We talk back and forth about the rules. We talk back and forth about the strategy. Carl so. just tells you how to do it. Yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're not in one of my <laughs> chat groups, then please, please text me, add me to yours, and we'll we'll get it sorted out. Because I love talking strategy. I love talking rules. I mean, Tom sees it. Sometimes we all go on tangents in the middle of the afternoon and just start going back and forth on a certain game. Well, I do it like this. Well, I do it like that. Well, why not just do it like this? And I'm just like, yeah. F this, I'm going to go get a beer. I don't even want to play the game right now. So <laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray Day has a Discord. I've hopped in that a few times and realized very quickly I'm not welcome there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so. that I'm not welcome. There, it's just I should keep my mouth shut and try to <laughs> blend in. Try to blend in here. <laughs> but um, no, it's a great Discord, by the way. If anybody, any competitive players I know, and then IE Pinball, obviously Carl D'Angelo, there's some really good discords out there. If you just want to read tilt forums, obviously tilt forums, great yeah, website. It's a good one. Yeah. But just get, just get with people and talk about it. Like if you can find people that like talking pinball strategy, not just skills, but like talking about the rules. I mean, that goes a long ways. You'll learn a lot. I've yeah. learned the most by simply just shutting up and listening to players that are better than me, listening to players that have one Pinberg or have won a Stern Pro Circuit, you know, it, that goes a long ways. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of knowledge and they're able to fill in the gaps for, you know, anytime you have a question, I promise you a lot of players are very approachable. Just simply ask. I know if I'm at a tournament and you see me and you got a question about a game, come up and ask. I'm not going to hide the information. I mean, there's just, you yeah, know, there's just no cards point. with them. I mean, Maybe I don't. I have shared. I have shared <laughs> my note go. cards with some people. I have. Nice. I have. Yeah. Nice. Well, I hope John, if you're listening, I hope that answered your question. But it's. It sounds like you got to do a little bit of homework. I mean, that's pro. I mean, props to you. Though. I mean, you're a top 25 player, and and it's. I'm glad. You know, you got to put in work to do it. That's that's the one thing. The more that I've talked with you guys and done this podcast with you guys, I didn't realize how often one you guys were traveling. Like that's to be a top player, you have to travel. You have to keep playing in tournaments. You have to keep getting those whoppers to keep, you know, because everybody else is. That's, you know, you top players. It is clearly something you guys are good at. You're passionate about it. Not to mention there's constantly new games coming out. You're you're constantly having to learn new stuff, yet keep skills of older machines all the way back to EMs. I mean, it's there's a lot to it. You don't just like one day just 
mistakenly become, you know, a top tier player. It's it there's you guys are putting in work and there's there's no no doubt about it. So props Most, to you guys. It, it's a lot of fun to do too. I mean, tournaments of course the tournaments themselves are fun. You know, being able to play pinball is fun. Yeah. But getting to hang out with people that yeah. that is a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. some of the most fun times I've had is after the tournaments, going to the bar or going to a restaurant, having a beer or going to the parking lot, having a beer. I mean, that's some of the most fun times I've had. I mean, hell, there's been when Tom was running his pinball camps at his house. Some of the most fun times was just 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, talking. just recapping the day, talking yeah, when, pinball, talking to anything that, else. When's the next camp, Tom? I'm ready. <laughs> Where's my... <laughs> Cleep him, Joel. People just Great invite way. themselves, Joel. I don't know. Okay. Even... All right. Yeah, I'll tell my wife, what's this on the calendar? Oh, I'm going to Tom's house. So, oh, do you invite? So no, Joel, I'm just going. Yeah. I won't name any names, but last time we were at Cleepin, I'll put this in perspective. We were outside the hotel. I think it was like, it was easily midnight, past midnight. And somebody was literally getting like Sharpie images just drawn, or somebody's using a Sharpie to draw all over somebody who's shirtless. And everybody was like, writing their names and drawing like big ass pictures on them and stuff like that. It's stuff like that. That's dumb as hell, but yeah, that's the memory. Yeah. That's the memories that get built though. I, can I mean, draw, I'm man. sure I'm, I'm sure you remember expo, <laughs> you know, when you oh, guys were yeah. out there. So I, I mean, yeah. I, every show that's I've gone to is literally just for the people you, you play a handful of games. It's just to go to hang out with the people. So this community is awesome. Uh, pinball is very social. People have these amazing collections and they just want to share with other people. So, it doesn't surprise me at all that, that, you, you know, your tournaments, you guys are having a great time, but well, yeah, well, that's pinball's fun, Joel. Pinball it's just a fun. lot more fun when Raymond Davidson isn't kicking the dog shit out of it. <laughs> oh, you're, I'll catch right. you. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Perfect. Yep. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Another solid two hour podcast of <laughs> no real pinball news. Well, I mean, we had the TNA reveal, but, um, yeah, oh, good stuff. We talked TNA. You yeah, gave your, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gave your sterling review so of, what, of Toy Story Four. Yeah, we talked about, about your vacation. About all of our points. Indiana, Indiana Beach on the river. We had a lot of good. There's good stuff there. Oh, yeah. It's a river. You're, I'm going to send you that picture after the podcast, <laughs> no, no, no. and you're going to have to make a correction. I don't pictures <laughs> at the beginning of next that. podcast. Yeah. Just wait. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Um, Tom, go ahead. Plug away, man. Hi, I'm Tom. I like pinball. <laughs> I Perfect. do a thing I'm called Travis. Fox City's pinball. Oh shit, he's still going. I thought he was done. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. Fox City's pinball. Yes, check him out. Great streams. Thank you, Tom. Like always, thanks for being here. I, Travis, I, plug I, all the things you that. you don't have any. You don't plug anything anymore. I'm Travis, and I also too like pinball, and I sometimes do show up on Fox City's. As True. well, I also show up on Joel's podcast, just another pinball podcast. That I'm with not two guests. To that anymore. <laughs> but but I will be having more videos coming out on my personal YouTube channel pretty soon. As soon as Stern decides to release the next game, so is it Marv Loco start... still? Or are you changing your personal? No, no, it's still Marv Loco. But okay. I do. So I'll give a hint. I'm not going to name it out yet, but I am doing a lot of pinball content coming up very soon for my current job. So all so, that's going to start rolling out very soon. If we're going to stick and with everybody your, will know what it is. If we're going to stick with your normal naming conventions, I'm assuming your new YouTube channel will be called pinball content. Oh, Joel, oh, pinball do you have anything? Pinball, <laughs> pinball content. content. <laughs> that way when they Google it, pinball content, you get the, or it'll be like pinball video. 
Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It, hey. it probably will be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, don't strain yourself on being creative. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I'm Joel. I do. Uh, I stream every Wednesday night on the Pimble Network under Flipping Out. And then I also stream every other Thursday on the Flipping Out uh, stream. Obviously, we have the Triple Drain Pinball Podcast, which is what you're listening to now. And then just another pinball podcast whenever I get around to that. Hopefully, we'll have some interviews. I had an interview lined up, and it was with a Stern designer. And they said, well, you know what? Let's wait until the next reveal so we can talk about the game. That was a while ago. That was well over a month ago. So I was definitely under the impression that it's like, oh, it'll be like a week or two. Nope, still waiting. So I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. But um, but yeah, thanks to all the listeners. Please, if there's anything we can do for you guys, email us at tripledrain at gmail.com. Um, we actually have some new merch in the works, um, more to talk about. We're pretty excited about that. So hopefully that'll come out in the next, I don't know. Uh, it may be a little while because we're waiting on the artist, but um, we won't do any be... nude photos though. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no nude photos. Well, bummer. Right. Yeah. I have an only fans. We've talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Travis's only fan. You, you got to plug it, man. It's pricey, but you can plug it. No, it's um, like fight club. You barely even talk about it. Oh, don't talk about it. Okay. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I've got. Um, appreciate you too. And, um, yeah, like always, uh, Tom, you got the last words. Good night, people.